Hey everybody, welcome back into the Motorsports Day Podcast. I am your host, Kyle McFadden. We have a special episode lined up for you here today. I had a deep dive conversation, and I mean a deep dive conversation, with NASCAR driver and owner Ray Cicerelli. He also races uh, his Dirt Modified uh, around the East Coast. Like I said, had a tremendous conversation with Ray. Going to talk about that uh, here in a few minutes. But first, I just wanted to say I thank you uh, and, and appreciate all of the fans, all of you guys who have rated us five stars on our podcasting platforms. I greatly appreciate it. I read it. I check up on it each and every single day. And I really, truly appreciate it. I put in long, hard hours to make this podcast possible still working out the kinks but we are moving in the right direction and i just want to say you know you rating us five stars you leaving us reviews and sharing it on social media is a tremendous help and i greatly appreciate everybody who has been supportive of this podcast i just want to give a shout out to those who have rated us uh racer rose 74 said, great job by Kyle McFadden and great addition to the Turn 5 turnaround lineup. If you are a Mid-Atlantic, DMV, uh, eastern portion of West Virginia, uh, and or Central PA Dirt Track fan, you'll want to tune in. Uh, and Casper Bam, W-D-T-N-C-O-N, uh, he's got a long username. Uh, I'm a sucker for good quality podcasts with killer content, and this guy's got both down to a science. If you're into racing... Or motorsports, you seriously don't want to miss this show. Can't wait to hear more. Thank you guys so much for leaving those reviews. And that leaves me to say, please, 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 if you if you have a moment in your day and if you enjoy what you hear, uh, please write us five stars. Please leave us a review. It's only going to grow motorsports. It's only going to grow uh, uh, this this platform, which is for you. It's not for me. It's for you guys, the racing fans out there. Anybody out there who is listening to this, this is for you. This ain't for me. I can tell you that right now. This is this is this is for you. So uh, please, if you have a moment in your day, rate us five stars uh, and leave us a review. Uh, I also want to say, go follow us on Instagram at the Motorsports Dig. Uh, we have over a hundred followers already in the first week and a half that I made the Instagram. I'm trying to post twice a day on there, some cool content, some behind-the-scenes content, some content from at the racetrack. Uh, So please go over to Instagram, follow us at the Motorsports Dig. If you want to email me, uh, shoot me a message or anything, feedback, comments, interview, requests, email me at kfad32 at gmail.com. That is kfadd32 at gmail.com. I will reply to everybody, uh, the good or the bad, because we roll with both. That's racing, right? That's life in general. So uh, we're going to roll with both. And also go over to Turn 5 Turnaround on Facebook. Like Turn 5 Turnaround. Follow Turn 5 Turnaround on Twitter. And check out all of the great content that Danny Wilson and the Turn 5 team have put together. They are are currently finishing up uh, a a five-part series with with Tom Peck, a uh, former NASCAR driver and local dirt racer. Um, so uh, they just launched part four the other night. Make sure you go check that out in the previous uh, three parts to uh, their five-part series with Tom Peck, who will uh, be the guest for Alan Saggy's uh, saggy tribute race here coming up in two Sundays at, at the Hagerstown Speedway. I will be there. Uh, I will have Alan on the podcast this week. Uh, the show won't launch until late next week. 
Uh, but Alan will be joining us. Uh, but go on over to Turn 5, Turn Around on Facebook. Listen in to their five-part series with Tom Peckett. It's really good, exclusive content. And also, uh, they have some great interviews with other local drivers like Tyler Horst, Alan Brannon, and Mason Ziegler as well. Uh, those are the most recent shows. Uh, so make sure you go over to Turn 5, Turn Around, check that out. And uh, make sure you like Turn 5, Turn Around on Facebook. And then one final thing before we get into our Ray Cicerelli interview, um, I am in search for some partners. I'm not. I'm not even going to call them sponsors. Uh, not going to call them advertisements because I am looking for a true partnership uh, with this podcast. I'm looking for a main partnership that will go on the front of of our podcast cover art. So if you go to say Apple Podcasts or Spotify and you see the Motorsports Dig cover art, your logo, I, well, this is what I am envisioning. Uh, if you are a potential partner and if you are interested, uh, your business logo will go on the front of that. And uh, I will say uh, this is the Motorsports Dig podcast presented by or brought to you by or powered by so-and-so. I'm looking for that right now, looking for a main partner and uh, some other partners to come on the show as well. Uh, I don't want this thing to be uh, I push a button and it's going to play a commercial. I want to read something that you give me, and I want to be engaged with your business. I want to know everything that you have going on with your business. And like I said, I want to make this thing a partnership. And uh, I want to build that relationship with you, a potential business partner out there uh, who wants to uh, make their platform known or be involved on the racing scene of some sort. Uh, please reach out to me at kfad32 at gmail.com. That is kfadd32 at gmail.com. If you are an interested partner for this podcast, uh, please reach out to me. I will love to talk with you. And then if you are a track out there or tracks who want to promote some events coming up, uh, I will gladly promote those as well. Uh, like I said, email me at kfad32 at gmail.com. That is kfadd32 at gmail.com. We'd love to work with you. Now getting on to the Ray Cicerelli interview. Uh, this was a really good conversation I had with Ray. Uh, we talked for an hour and 40 minutes uh about his journey uh, to his truck series program, uh, to possibly the future of his truck series program. And then we also went offbeat, talked about the truck series, talked about NASCAR in general uh, and the figures in NASCAR and really what makes it go. And then the purses as well and the money aspect and really what goes into running a NASCAR team uh, and the business model behind that as well. And then Ray's journey, he didn't take the conventional path to the NASCAR National Series. He made his Truck Series debut in 2017 as a 47-year-old for Jennifer Joe Cobb Racing in the Eldora Dirt Derby. He started 32nd, drove his way up to 12th, and then got spun around by Sheldon Creed to finish 22nd. He made five more starts in the 2017 season, and then he made three Truck Series starts in 2018 with a best finish of 25th at Homestead. And also in, in 2018, I did a story on Ray for the Baltimore Sun ahead of his second go-around at the Outdoor Dirt Derby, and I also detailed uh, his tribulations and his long, hard journey to get to where he was up to that point, living his dream. Uh, if you want to go read that, type in Ray Cicerelli Baltimore Sun in a search engine, and it should be the first article that pops up on your webpage. Uh, and then over the offseason, or toward the back end of 2018, he bought his own 
uh, truck series program. And for this season, he entered the first six races of the year, but had to withdraw from Las Vegas, the third race of the season, because of damage sustained in a practice at Atlanta, which was the second race of the season. Uh, he's got a funny backstory to that, but it wasn't funny uh, in that moment just because he tore up some equipment uh, in the practice session at Atlanta Ray will tell you more about that later in our conversation but uh, and then he and then he DNQ'd at Martinsville but he has four starts on the season with a best finish of 16th at Texas he is 31st in the truck series point standings uh, having raced in four of the nine races in the truck series this season currently up to this point uh, he, he also has 10 career Arca starts from 2014 to 2017 with the best finish of 13th at Talladega in 2017 uh, he was possibly in the running to win the 2017 Arca opener at Daytona he, he qualified seventh he was running up front uh, and then he got caught up in, an, in a nine car wreck on lap 49 of 75 to finish 21st. Uh, his brother Dion raced in the then Bush series back in the early 2000s and raced full-time on the Canaan East series in 2006 and 2007. He finished 12th and 18th uh, in points. That is Ray's brother Dion uh, in the Canaan East series. Just some background information for you. And I mentioned Ray's brother because Ray talks about his brother Dion a lot in our conversation and just want to make sure you are caught up to speed with uh, Ray's brother Dion and uh, some of the things that he might talk about. So let's get straight to it. Here is our conversation, our deep dive interview with NASCAR driver slash owner and dirt modified racer Ray Cicerelli. All right, everybody, welcome back into the Motorsports Dig podcast, and I'm now with Ray Cicerelli, truck series driver and dirt modified driver. Ray, thank you for coming on the show. I uh, appreciate you having me. Yeah, uh, I just want to start with our connection, uh, and I'll get into that in a bit, but I was watching the 2017 Eldora Dirt Derby, and I saw you coming up through the field i'm like i don't know who this ray guy is he's coming up through the field he's inching into the top 10 here and and then you got spun around but then i realized this guy's from maryland this guy's from howard county maryland and that's so cool to see him come up through the field and i was watching that race with my mom and i'm like mom this guy's from maryland and then she's like that's ray like i, <laughs> I grew up with ray and i'm like no kidding and uh, after all these long lost years, you know, we're back here talking about racing and I just want to know what's going on in the world of Ray. But um, that race for you, Ray, that was your truck series debut. I think you were 47 at the time, right? So uh, all those years of trying to break on to the National Touring Series, you finally did. Had a strong run, didn't get the result you like wanted, but... How would you kind of, uh, and we'll get into your journey here in a bit, but that weekend, how would you describe that whole weekend racing in the Dirt Derby at Eldora and the truck, like for the first time? Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty exciting. I mean, you know, I've always wanted to do it and to be able to do it at Eldora, to top it all off. Right. And then Dirt, I mean, it was just really a dream come true. And it was a little disappointing because we really did have a really good truck. I was actually kind of shocked, uh you know, for never being there, especially, and then running the truck. I had a great opportunity through a friend of mine to uh, get hooked up with Jennifer Joe Cobb Racing, and mm -hmm. they actually brought a really good piece, and we did. We got up to, I think, almost 10th, and then uh, uh, Creed, what's it, Shelton Creed 
He uh, couldn't. Yeah, get, Creed. Yeah, couldn't get by me, man. He, <laughs> I kept giving him the bottom, and he kept trying to get by me, and I'd pull off him coming off the corner, and then finally he just got tired and just dumped me. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the replay? Is oh yeah. Is that what you came to? Oh yeah, he dumped me. Conclusion. Yeah. <laughs> I like how you always tell it, <laughs> tell it how it is. But your journey, though, you haven't had it easy up to that point. You know, uh, you worked so hard just to get that, get that moment. Still getting those moments, and we'll talk about that. But your journey hasn't been easy, right? No, nah, no. Nah, I uh, unfortunately um, I was diagnosed with uh, Crohn's disease uh, back in 2002 um, after uh, losing 110 pounds in three months. Jeez, man! And uh, it almost, almost, almost died from it. Almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I almost died from it. And, uh, luckily, I had a really great doctor who truly saved my life. And then, um, so you know, I, I just, you know, I dealt with that, and I wasn't sure if I was ever going to race again. Really, truthfully, you know, even when I started doing street stocks back then, because you know, Crohn's disease, not a lot of people know, but it's a digestive system uh, issue, and you know, some you got to go to the bathroom, you got to go. There ain't no, you know, waiting. <laughs> you got to go. Got to go. <laughs> so. How did you find out, or how did you just kind of get yourself to the point where, okay, I'm not right. I need to go get this thing checked out. Well, this really, I mean, you know, like a typical guy, stubborn, you know. <laughs> I'm stubborn I, too. <laughs> I, I thought I ate something bad. It was at Dover. My brother was racing in the bush areas. And, um, Dion. I, yep. And I just started getting sick. Like, man, really bad upset stomach and had a lot of diarrhea. But I thought I just ate something bad. So, you know, went back home. You know, I stayed in the toter home pretty much the, the whole race weekend. Then we went back home, and then my mom's like, oh, let's go to the hospital. I'm like, oh, I'll be okay. I just ate something bad. Three months later, I'm like, yeah, you might want to take me to the hospital. I started, you know, losing a lot of blood and, and stuff like that. So I probably should went a little sooner <laughs> to wait three months, you yeah. know. But, <laughs> but r- racing, though, that's in the Cicerelli's blood, isn't it? Oh, yeah, we, we love it, man. Ever since I was a little kid, my daddy's always taken me and my brother. We had uh, – uh, a lot of old friends, um, like Tommy Kyer and Morgan Moran. Morgan, uh, I think Moran. Back in the day, my brother used to always help. And so we used to always go, but, you know, we never had the money. My dad never had the money. Yeah. And we just just fell in love with it by just going, you know. And then my brother started helping people. And then we lived in an apartment complex in uh, Ellicott City, Normandy Woods. And he had this idea. He going to build a first street stop. So <laughs> we, he brought it. We dragged a car home. And uh, bought a car cover, and here the whole at nighttime and all that, we were stripping the car out, getting rid of the pieces and the dumpsters and all that, you know, and, and cover the car up and makeshift garage in the parking yeah, lot. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's, so that's how I really built the first car. Man, it was funny. did you have to like beg them or bribe them, or was dad like, we're gonna put you in a car and see what you got? No, nah, man, I tell you about you know my my dad, you know, he helped my brother a lot, and you know he just worked regular jobs, and then um. Really, when it was time for me to really, you know, I started helping my brother. I want to say like eighty nine, ninety. Uh, went to uh, US thirteen in the street stock, and then okay. uh, Potomac, and then you know I was still kind of wild man, you know, partying <laughs> and yeah, doing anything and everything, and I just really wasn't ready to commit because it's you know when you get in racing, it's a lot of time. It's really like another full time job. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't ready for it. Like I enjoyed helping my brother, but you know I still like you know the wild party side of me and all. You're the that youngest stuff. of the family. Yeah, I'm right? the youngest. Yeah. Do you have any other siblings other than your brother Dion? Nope, that's it. That's so it. you grew up watching Dion race, yep. right? And but when did you? Was it always your goal as a kid? Like I want to make, 
as a as a living, I want to be a race car driver. Or did you want to be a hobby like race car driver? It, as a kid, were you hooked onto racing as a kid? Yeah, I was hooked, but I never like envisioned like wanting to do it for a living. Okay, like I just loved it. You know, like I used to race motocross and go karts and and stuff like that. So I've always liked speed and things like that, but I never like envisioned making a living doing it. You just like the adrenaline yeah. and rust from yeah. it and you just live life on the edge and yeah, it's just fit me <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i was a bit a little hard on my body you know and uh so when i was ready my brother helped me and you know we we truly built my first street stock we took a, a 1980 malibu stripped it wow and uh my brother you know i, I kind of roughed everything in and my brother would come behind and weld everything and uh it was a really good car in the old dominion speedway i think it was like 94 okay like seven races in man, i destroyed it I flipped it like seven times coming off turn four, and uh, the axle broken. And when it hit the wall, it pretty much knocked me out. And then it come back off the wall and went shoot straight into the wall, and it just launched it. And she flipped about five, seven times. What was? I'm sure you were probably heartbroken that that happened, oh, right? Yeah. You know, because that was your first. That was my first. I spent everything I had on it. Yeah. It's junk. It was, it was done. I mean, it was there was nothing left of it. Jeez. What are you thinking after that? Like, I, I don't know if this race car driver thinks for me, or <laughs> ah, it's just one of those racing deals, and I just got to move on from it. Yeah. Uh, man, the only thing I can think of was I got to get another one. <laughs> That's what you, you know? thought, yeah. Yeah, at that time, my wife my wife wasn't thinking that was a good idea, you know, or my mom and them, you know, because the bell almost broke my neck. Yeah. You know, they think, that oh, That was man, back man. before Hans device, oh, yeah. too, right? Yeah, the yeah. seat and all split, and it, uh, that's really – once I had that crash, I realized, man, it's really not a good quality seat, you know. And mm-hmm. now that I know more and, and you know, I, I run around in the joy seat. And okay. I tell you, I crashed. Um, I'm kind of jumping ahead now, but just to go into, you know, the seat and safety wise. I um, I crashed my um, modified at um, Volusia last year. Yep. Brand new car. And it hit with a ton, and it started, it destroyed. I mean, literally. Off turn forward, too. That's, yep. a, that's a hard place to yeah, hit. Brand yeah, brand new, man. It, it bent from the back all the way to the front. Jeez. Twisted everything. And even twisted the seat, but the seat never broke. You know, and I can only imagine if I had that same style seat that I had back then, I mean, it probably could have killed me. I mean, it, it was that violent, man. you know. Jeez. So, you know, I've really, and I, all the local racers, man, they really got to, you know, I know everybody's money is tight and all that, but right. you really got to get a good seat and, and to wear Hans Weiss, man, because it, it could save your life, you know? Mm-hmm. So you wrecked your first car. What was next after that? Which car did you get? What was next? Yeah. Uh, then my brother, we uh, he moved to Potomac Speedway and was running okay. semi-lights. Okay. So I was like, well, I'm always to do that. So we built a uh, semi-late and uh, started running dirt at a Potomac Speedway. Okay. How long were you? You there for, uh, just like racing Potomac weekly? Uh, not long. You know, I didn't okay. run like every week. Uh-huh. You know, I, I hit, I, you know, probably a handful of races, I think, when I first got it going. Okay. And, but, so, pavement and dirt, how did you kind of like differentiate between the two? Because it seems like most guys, not a whole lot, are like, I, I want to do both. I'm going to try to be successful at both pavement and dirt. Did you have a, a favorite over the other like one or the other like i want to do pavement or i want to be dirt or it's like i love both and i gotta try to find a way to get both cars tuned in and try to get to both dirt tracks and pavement tracks when i can how would you kind of dissect the your 
uh, where you were at between pavement racing and like dirt racing growing up. Yeah, I mean, I loved them both, uh-huh. and I still love them both. But back then, you know, we didn't have a lot of money and didn't right. have a lot of help, so I needed to follow my brother's path. So wherever he was going to go race, that's where I needed to go so we right. could all help each other. Uh-huh. Uh, so whatever path he was going in his journey, I just dragged his coattail, you know? So he was pretty much the trailblazer yeah. for you. and. Yeah. Uh, when did you, okay, so when did you, when did your kind of racing career start to inch toward the K&N East series, the ARCA series, and then all of a sudden, you know, you had Crohn's, Crohn's disease, uh, when did you kind of hit that crossroad of, okay, like I'm starting to get these opportunities, uh, into like the entry level NASCAR, um, just like circuits and uh when when your health kind of caught you off guard yeah so i'm gonna say it was probably um 2000 and um hmm, maybe two, oh two probably around 2006 and seven okay uh my brother was running bushy series mm-hmm. so um i decided well shoot i'm gonna do that so i, I took all the money i had we, we had um an extra car we put another car together and I got to run some races with him doing that. And then eventually I just ran out of money. I, I popped the motor at Dover, and I was broke. I didn't have no money. And I had started, that's, you know, when I really got involved with some pharmaceutical company for a product that I was using. And they came up and actually sponsored me for a couple of years. And I was like, oh, man, this is it. This is what I, you know, I worked hard for a sponsor uh-huh. and stuff like that. And then I went and did all kind of filming a documentary film about, you know, uh, living my life with Crohn's and chasing my dreams of mm-hmm. uh, racing and all that. And then also after we got done filming that and I traveled all over the country and I did all this for free. Like I didn't, you know, they didn't pay me to do right. nothing. It just was something I wanted to do to try to help people because I was lucky enough when I was sick with Crohn's disease that I had a, a, my mom and my family that were there to help support me and get me through the good times and the bad times and I couldn't imagine not having that. And what I've met a lot of times, you know, at the racetrack, uh, you know, during the autograph sessions, I mean, the line would be so long uh, mm-hmm. for people wanting autographs. And, you know, I never heard nothing about Crohn's before ever uh-huh. until I was diagnosed with it. And then at the racetrack, all these people coming in getting autographs and they're telling me, oh, man, you know, about their, their brother has it or their mother or their husband or wife, their kid. And I'm like, holy, I'm hearing all these, you know, people's stories and i feel their pain because i know what they're going through and all that and i'm like holy moly i'm, I'm going to try to go race right here and i'm getting like choked up emotional because yeah. you know I, I i i know and i can feel their pain i can see it in them so that was my whole reasoning of doing what i did was you know just try to encourage people to say hey, listen you know i have crohn's i was lucky enough to find something that worked for me you know mm-hmm. and there's something out there that could probably work for you just don't give up chasing your dreams and all that because I think everybody needs a dream to help keep right. you going every day. Exactly. You, know? you everybody needs their north star to go right. chase. I have to go chase this. Even if you're chasing it, you you know you're still enjoying the journey. Yeah. And that's what really matters is the journey and every everybody that is like walking alongside you and who is helping you get through that and those like conversations. So, um, but. You, what were you racing in 2002 when you were diagnosed with Crohn's? I just was getting to get back into racing. Okay. Uh, I was out for a little bit. That's right. I was just getting ready to get back into it, and that's what sidelined me uh, for about three or four years, I think it did. Do you, like, remember what you were 
Uh, I had a like late racing? model. Okay, dirt. Uh, no, Old Dominion Speedway. Old Dominion yeah. Speedway. Okay. Yeah, I was I was uh in then that kind of side tra- side track. Super late model or yeah, stock just, just model. stock like model. Stock yeah. and and you were out for what you said three years. Yeah, probably three or four years. I'm thinking right uh-huh. about uh, before then when I finally was ready to get back into it and, and I was able to you know attract that sponsorship. Uh, that's why we just went Bush East racing with my brother, uh, which I think back then was called. Uh, I think it was Bush East. Yep. Back then. Yep. Yep. I think now it's called the Canon. Yeah. Keys. Yeah. Same changed, thing yeah. now. Yeah. So, Dion was still racing during that time, yep. right? And, yep. And he kind of kept you in. Yep. I'd go help, help right. hang out with him, and, and he helped me. Um, I started doing stuff with um, Campo Aces, uh, CCFA, which is Crohn's Class Foundation of America. So. Him and his owner back then was Marty Glenn and a friend of ours. You know, they let us put them decals on the bush car and mm-hmm. just to help, you know, try to bring awareness and exposure to that. And uh, and then finally I was able to just get my own car again. And then we did it for a couple of years until I popped the motor and ran out of money. And right. this and had no money. Couldn't find no sponsors. So, like, four years later I had this crazy idea. I was like, you know, I'm tired of looking for money. You right. Know? So I quit my job. I started my own business, right? Thinking I'm we'll gonna make my that. own money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that. That's uh, that was that's that's a bold bold move that you pulled there. We will talk about that here uh, very soon. But um, that time, how did you cope with not being out of the car? You know, your dream seems like it's over. How did you cope with that being out of the car for three years, three yeah. or four years? It, it was disappointing. I mean, um, you know. Lucky, I was still able to kind of you know help my brother and still go and be part of that deal and all that. But and it kind of it kind of sucked because you know you finally like after all that hard work you're like I, you know man I made it. I got those mega yeah, sponsor right. and, you know I'm pharmaceutical yeah pharmaceuticals yeah. they got a lot of money their pockets <laughs> are deep you know right and uh, so I was like man I was like I was stoked because you know talking to them we had plans uh-huh. you know had a three year plan you know and once they yeah. got what they got and they dumped they just dumped yeah. it you know so. You had like a business plan, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we you know we was in talks of you know step one one year was this much money, two years this way, three months this way, and we was all in agreements. And then like I say, once once I did all this stuff for them that you know, they want me to do, yeah, then it was also oh man, we can't do it now. So what year did you talk about the three or that the three year business plan was kind of set in stone. What year was that? Well, two thousand five was when I started talking to them. Okay, so t- so two thousand five. So yeah. that was right after you kind of went through your yeah three year like hiatus. Yeah, three like, years. I was down. Just like recovery. Yeah. Did it take you a full three years to get back to? Yeah, I struggled like for a while. One hundred percent. Yeah, it took it took me several years until I really was able found this particular drug. Uh huh. And it changed my whole life. Okay. You know, like before, I'd go to the restaurants, uh-huh. and I would always sit a table by the bathroom, and that's what people do with Crohn's. Right. A lot of people don't admit it because there's something they just don't like to talk about it. Yeah. But as soon as we go into a restaurant, we make sure we got a table by the bathroom, and I could tell you exactly how many people are going in that bathroom all the time, because I'd go check his stall. Okay, it has three or four stalls, and that, and that's all of my mind was fixated on is right how many guys went in, how many people come out. There's still at least one stall available because it's just, you know, it's always in the back of your mind because if, if you know, it flares up, you got to go, you yeah. got to go. Right. You know, and, and, right. and that's the, that's the whole mental side of it that really affects people really bad. You know, and uh-huh. a lot of people won't go nowhere. Right. Wow. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's, don't hear much 
people really speaking out about that. It's one thing I really like admire and just about you is speaking out kind of more awareness about that. Like it's, it's okay. Cause I have this and I'm getting through it and I got through it and I'm here now with that. Um, so you, you received, uh, I think you made three and e starts in 2000, probably six, probably. six, you finished 16th, 15th and 31st in that order. Uh, I think you finished on the lead lap just once in those races and opportunities didn't follow after that particularly uh, that's, right that's when the sponsor dropped that's so that's <laughs> when the sponsor dropped so yeah. i'm i'm putting my notes in order i'm aligning yeah. the i'm aligning my notes with what you're telling me yeah. right now but in 2015 you were getting your annual colonoscopy, colonoscopy right yep. that's a that's a lot to say yeah colonoscopy <laughs> yeah a lot of people don't talk about that either right. but uh you had stage four pre-cancer cells right yeah in cancer, your colon yeah saturated uh, with it and you need a surgery within 30 days yep right yeah. so that was another completely separate deal than your crohn's disease right? oh yeah and yeah. that kind of knocked you down again <laughs> yeah that was a that was a shocker there um you know i, I was getting colonoscopies done every year uh because of my crohn's was really in my colon you know instead of the gi tract it was actually in my colon and um so, you know, and, and over the years previously before that, you know, I'd always talk to my doctor, hey, you know what, you know, what happens if you take a little bit of the colon out with the help? And some people do that, you know, but the Crohn's still comes back. And so it was just a thought process because I got tired of, you know, always worrying about where you go in the bathroom and what mm -hmm. you eat and this and that. You know, I wouldn't go to no like big sporting events or, you know, big concerts on my dad because I start panicking with right. all these people, you know, in bathrooms and all that. So it wasn't really a good way to live. You know, and uh, so I wouldn't have my colonoscopy, I want to say January or February of 2015. And I didn't hear nothing from the guy. I'm like, okay, well, no news is good news again. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right, right. <laughs> then I got a phone call like not long after that. And he goes, remember we was having them conversations about, you know, maybe move this, maybe get a little better lifestyle. So yeah, he goes, well, I think it's that time now. I said, and like a race, I'm like, okay, well, shoot, racing season is getting ready to start. You yeah, know? right. And I'm like. All right, well, can we like do it like November or something like that? You know, because race season's <laughs> over. He goes, "Oh no, I'm thinking we're gonna do it like within the next thirty days." I'm like, "Holy crap!" So, but yeah, my my whole colon was just saturated. It with had to be of, done. It had to be done ASAP within thirty it, days, or it could have turned pretty bad. Yeah, you know. Wow. So we went in there. He's like, "All right, what are we gonna make do? We're gonna look at it. you know, hopefully, we we'll better take half of that hour." So I'm like, "Okay, no problem." And uh, and I told him, "I said, look, I don't want to deal with this again. If you cut me open." And you think there's a potential of me having to come back for another surgery because, you know, it might come back. Just take it out of me. You know, I, I, my daughter, uh, you know, I had a little, little girl and all that, you know, mm -hmm. and, you know, I got to do what I got to do to make sure I'm around for her, you know. Right. Did I right. ever imagine wanting to live with an ostomy bag? No. But, you know, it could be other worse. She things, was your know? first. My first girl, yeah. Fault. Yeah. You know, yeah, she was my first Going thought. through this oh, process. Yeah, because yeah, my boys yeah, are right, older now, you know right, what I mean? Right. So they could take care of themselves and right, all that. But right. my first process was, okay, she's two years old. I got to at least try to hang around for a handful more years, you yeah. know? And, right. Uh, so sure enough, man, I remember going in and having the surgery, and, you know, as soon as I called them out, you know, at first my mom thinking, oh, yeah, you know, they, they probably just took some of my colon out, you know, and then I wake up and – you know, my I'm, wife. I'm, I'll be yeah. back tomorrow in a race car. Yeah, that's what know? I was thinking. And yeah. my wife broke the news to me. And if uh, this man, just like your whole world, you think just caves in because, you know, you, 
you're looking at the the bandages and you're looking at right. your boss it's like holy moly i got this thing attached to me now what am i going to do right you know and uh so it, you know it took a little while to, to start you know my life was definitely better i mean i've, I've eat tons more things than i've ever eaten before i go to anything and everything now you know and because you have to yeah, right. and and yeah. it's great because I don't worry about how many people's in the bathroom, how many <laughs> stalls, none of that stuff anymore That's like true. I used to, you know. That's and it's true. And now I kind of like, man, I wish I did this a long time ago. Yeah, you know. So uh, it all worked out well, man. But it, I was worried about because where the uh, ostomy pouch and all this, mm-hmm. you know, sitting in a race car, you know, there's, there's seatbelts yeah. come down there. So I was like, man, there's no way I'm ever going to be a race again, you know. And then just like the hydration aspect too. Yeah, that too. Staying hydrated, yeah. and yeah, that's uh, that takes that that takes a toll on me sometimes. Yeah, uh, you know? and so that was a lot there to unpack. But how would you kind of compare your two hardships uh, back in 2002? Uh, lost over 100 pounds in a very short amount of time, and then 2015. You know, you had stage four precancer cells in your colon, had to get the surgery. How would you kind of compare the you know, those hardships and your journeys to get back to you, Ray, yeah. you know. Yeah, I, you know, I was, uh, I've had a good role model growing up, my mother. I mean, my mother, you know, she's always telling me, my brother, you know, there's nothing you can't do in life if you don't work hard enough. I mean, that's what she always told us. No matter what, you want to be the president, you can be the president. Not that I ever want to be the president. Go work hard at it, Work man. hard at it. Yeah. You know, and you're going to hit roadblocks in life, and it's up to you. If you want to climb over them roadblocks right. and keep trucking or just sit back and do nothing and end up with nothing. And so, you know, when times get hard, you know, I just always remember everything my mom used to tell me, you know, and I just keep chugging along, man. You know, I want things in life and, you know, and, and I work hard for it because nobody else is going to give it to me. Right. You know, I, I look forever for sponsorships, couldn't find none. I finally found one. They kind of got what they wanted. So they just dumped me. We didn't do nothing else going for it. And, so now I just try to make my own money to control my own destiny, you know? Right. And just like along the way, you got involved uh, with some uh, non-profits, right? Yeah. Uh, with kids and camps and everything like that. Could you kind of expand on how you used your hardships as uh, an outreach and for inspiration for kids? Yeah, that's, that's where I kind of got involved with Camp Oasis. That's right. Um, I, I used to take my uh, one of my show cars. And uh, well, actually, it was my race car too. But I used a show car, and uh, mm-hmm. me and my son in the summertime, we would take it to the camps, and I would pull it out, and all the little kids that you know had Crohn's, you know, they would take pictures, and we do autographs, and I would talk to them, and then they would get inside, and this, uh, and I, I did it because you know nobody paid me, yeah, it was just something I wanted to do to give back, just to try to help people still maybe continuously chase their dreams because you know. They see, man, man, this guy does it. He has the same thing I have. So there is hope. And yeah. that's really why I always try to do what I try to do with, you know, all this stuff with the kids and, the, and even older people too, you know, that, you know, if you just keep working hard enough, don't let nothing hold you back regardless of what disability you may have or, you know, a disease you may have that, you know, you can still do what you want to do if you work hard enough. That's awesome. I, so was there – one particular moment in those times with Camp Oasis, right? Uh, yeah, Camp Oasis. That, that really struck you. That's like, wow, like, I'm really glad I'm here. Or, like, one kid that you impacted the most that you were like, I'm I'm so glad that I'm here. Is there, like, one particular moment that comes to mind? Well, I just think in general is like, 
you know, I was 30-something years old, and I'm like, man, you know, I'm dealing with this at 30-something years old. Yeah. I couldn't imagine being 5, yeah. 6, 10, 12, 15 years old because that's a long time. Yeah. To have to deal with that and, you know, and, and, you know, being involved in different sports and activities and, you know, you having flare ups and things like that, you know, so it just ran really sunk in and it's like, man, you know, so I was like glad I was there. Yeah. Because I just couldn't imagine being that young and living your whole life with it, you know, when I got mine late. Yeah. No, I mean, that's incredible, you know, just, um, but how would, how did you get connected with Jennifer Joe Cobb? I know you've told me this yeah. story a bunch of times before, but how did you get connected into her truck series program? Yeah, buddy of mine, Tim mm-hmm. um, Silva, uh, I've, I've met him back in the Arca days, and we kind of built a pretty good relationship. Mm-hmm. So anytime he might have went somewhere else, you know, he'd always call me, hey, man, come drive the trucks for us, you know, come drive the cars for us. And So this particular time, um, Eldora came up, yep. and he just started over at Jennifer Joe Cobb's Racing. And I don't think she was a real big fan of the dirt stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's like, oh, man, Tim, you know, I like to try to find somebody that maybe do it. He goes, I got the guy. You know, because he knows I love dirt racing. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, uh, and, you know, and I worked with him in the ARCA stuff and all that. And uh, he's a really good crew chief. So he called me up. I'm like, oh, hell yeah. Let's do it, man. <laughs> you know, I said, but I just got to get with the wife first, you know. I committed before I talked to her, but, right. you know, she don't care, man. She, yeah. I'm lucky, man. She really supports, supports me big time, you know, and – uh so we did it, man, and, man, it was like a dream come true. I know? can only imagine. Was that something that you were, like, anticipating? Like, okay, like, I know Tim's going to get me yeah. in this. Or were you like, this is a long shot. Like, I just I just hope there's a chance. Yeah, no, I I, I knew when he called me and I committed to it, I, I was excited. I mean, I really felt like, you know, I really didn't know a lot about her race program and all that, but I knew he was there. You know, and I, I knew it had to be, you know, pretty pretty decent, I guess, you know what I mean? And if you follow her through her whole career, right. she's done a really good job. She has. As as a, you know. Of managing. Managing. She's one of the. Small budget team, right. man, and she's she makes prob- it every week, you she's know. She's probably the longest tenured small yeah. budget team on in the business right oh, now. Oh, yeah, and she yeah. don't have a lot of money coming in, man, but she, she stretches them dollars. I yep. mean, she does a great job. So I was like, hey, heck, man, yeah, sir. And I knew my buddy Tim would be there, and. I knew he would put a good setup on there, and I never imagined he would have ran that good, though. Did you think that was feasible, though, getting that ride for that race? Just, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think so. I mean, I, you know, I, I felt I felt excited. I felt I knew – I felt we would be good enough to at least make the race. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I didn't realize we would start in the back like that. When did you realize, what? yeah, like, okay, like, I'm not only in the race, but I'm oh, yeah. driving my way up. Through the yeah. field. Yeah, I was <laughs> or, like, oh, crap. Or, like, I had the car that can make my way to the front. Yeah, yeah well, you know, we we didn't really get a lot of practice. And then uh, right before, I want to say before the last practice, we made a couple quick changes and went out for the heat races. I'm like, oh, man, this, this thing's coming to life. And so I told him we'd make a few more of the changes. And then when we started the race, the thing was really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we just he just stayed on top of it. You know, I, I tell him, hey, I need this, need that. And he never questioned me. He did what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, before I realized, you know, we were a 10th, 12th, bouncing back and forth. I was like, all right, we got a shot for a top 10. You know, wow. I mean, I'm racing with guys that, you know, these are multi-million dollar teams. And yeah. here I got Jennifer Joe Cobb's hot rod, you know, just Johnny Sauter. Oh, yeah. 
can't even like remember who raced in that. Uh, don't think Kyle Larson raced in that. Uh, but yeah, just a lot of big teams, oh, a lot yeah. of big names. But you had never driven a truck before mm. up to that point, but you've raced a ton of yeah. dirt races. Yeah. What? How did you prepare for that? You well, know, it's those trucks aren't made for dirt. Yeah. But it's still dirt. I just treated it like a uh, like a semi-late. You know, I figured we okay. drive like a semi-late car we had. You know, they had the stock front snouts yep. and all that. So I figured it would probably roughly drive almost like a semi-late. So that's really how I kind of try to drive it, to be honest with you. You know. Okay. And uh, and it worked, man. I'm gonna tell you that was really a good truck. I mean, I was shocked. With that mindset too, right? Yeah. Of trying to drive it like a semi-late. Yep. Uh, and but that you were so that race in particular, in general. Uh, now that that you've had actually, I just want to kind of backtrack a bit. So you made. Six starts after that or something like that? Five or six yeah, starts probably. on pavement after that? So did that race and that performance kind of show Jen, Joe Cobb, like, okay, like, I'm going to put him in the car, f- in the truck f- for some more, like, races? Or did you already have kind of a plan to race more after that race? No, that was a one. That was a one-time deal. Okay. Um, and then afterwards – I guess, you know, I don't know, maybe because just, you know, having conversations with her and, and her seeing how I drove her truck and all that, that maybe she realized, okay, well, this guy is not going to go out there and put my vehicle in, in the rough, tough spot to tear it up because, you know, someone like her and someone like me now, mm-hmm. you know, if you tear a truck up too much, it's going to put you out of business. Yep. And I've, every time I've driven her trucks, I've driven them like they was my own and, I just went out there and I had, we had goals, you know, first make the race, uh, two, try to run all the laps, and three, don't tear nothing up. Mm-hmm. And that's really what I try to do for her and to help her out, you know, and it helped me out because it allowed me to get a lot of seat time and, mm-hmm. and things like that, you know. Were you, obviously you were in the moment in that race, but were you thinking like, if I perform well, Maybe more opportunities can come after this. Were you thinking about that? Nah, I was just thinking top ten. <laughs> <laughs> and then Sheldon Creek turned yeah, it around. Green. And then you were like, damn I was it. mad as hell, uh, but I ain't gonna lie. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I was gonna crash him. Poke his nose. <laughs> well, no, I was gonna crash him. I, I ain't gonna lie. I was, you know, the problem is I, it was so hot. You know, I was sweating so bad, and uh, it was probably like 140 something degrees in, in the, the truck. In the truck. Oh yeah, Jeez, and then oh, so. And you know, and I, was, and I was, I mean, I was up on the wheel. I ain't gonna lie, I mean, I was, I was exhausted, tired, mentally, doing, yeah, you know, mentally, and, just and keeping that. I feel like I have eye racing, yeah, and I tried to drive the truck on the dirt, and you were on edge, oh yeah, every, every lap. single second, because yeah. like you, just, you gotta be so precise with the throttle and the line and your entry and how you race others, and it's yeah. just. I was mentally exhausted after a 20-lap race oh, yeah. in racing. I can only imagine the real deal yeah, in a real tough. truck on a big stage. Yeah. So I, I just lost him. I was so dang mad because I'm like, you know, I gave this guy the whole bottom, and he just couldn't get by me. <laughs> you know, like he'd, he'd, he'd catch me going in, but coming off the corner, that truck was so hooked up. <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to tear his crap up, boy. <laughs> so I came into the pitch real quick to get tired from rub, and he was right in front of me. You know, he was getting ready to come off pit road, and I was like, Oh, I'm gonna get you now, buddy. Right, and then he pulled into the garage. Area. I was like, "Dang!" Uh, but uh, you know, it was like it was still all good. I was able to calm down afterwards. And yeah, just, at that point, you know, wasn't a whole lot of laps left, and uh-huh. he just, just I just rode it out the rest of the rest of the way, and you know, not tear stuff up, you know. Mm-hmm. So, the business. 
Cicerelli moving and installation, right? Yes. CMI. Yep. You started that, uh, what year again? 2011. Okay. And you started that, what was your main motive with starting that business? Was it because I need a sponsor and I just want to fund this thing myself? Or was it really, okay, like, I mean, obviously you have to have passion to start your own business in that field. But did you really start, I mean, you were in that more so because you needed or you really wanted some, like, funding for your cars, right? Yeah, it was it was a mixture. It was one, um, I just got tired of making everybody else money. Mm-hmm. And two, I knew I needed a certain amount of money if I wanted to go racing, you know. Mm-hmm. And I got tired of looking for sponsors and this and that. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to put all my effort in and start my own business, make my own money. Then I don't have to waste my time beating on doors, you yeah. know. And knock right. on wood, it's, 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 it's worked out. <laughs> it's got crazy it was a crazy dream and idea but i mean it worked out you know when did an idea become okay like i'm getting the paperwork done i'm getting the framework done with this when did it become when did it evolve from an idea to okay i'm starting to lay the groundwork right. here of this business just jumped in really i called a couple of my customers I was like, here's my game plan. I'm rolling. <laughs> I'm just going with it. Yeah. Wide I, open. Yeah, I, I, don't usually think, I don't usually think too much. You know what I mean? That's probably some of my problems. You know, it gets me some jam sometimes. <laughs> As I get it out there, I just do it. You know, and. Just a racer's mentality. Yeah. You just don't have time just, to right. think. You got to react. Yeah, but I just do it. And uh, I started with one guy, man. I, I talked to my one guy that, that we worked with for a long time with this company. He said, come on, let's go. He went with me. And Tip. that was it. Do you have a college degree? Nope. Just barely graduated high school. Mount you went to high. Mount Hebron, right. Oh, yeah. So I did that story on you. So I freelanced. I still freelance for the Baltimore Sun. And um, I'm trying to recall uh, just, yeah, so I saw you on TV that one time. And I was <laughs> like, yeah, so this he's from Mount Hebron High School. And yeah. I have the connection with the Sun. And I wanted to do that story on you. And, uh, yeah, so you are a 1989 graduate, yep, yep, right? Yeah, I, re- yeah. I remember that because I had to check that <laughs> a thousand times for the story just to get that right. <laughs> um, you said you barely graduated high school? Man, barely graduated. I'll tell you that, I had some really great teachers. Mm-hmm. And that's when they started uh, implementing them new test procedures that you had to do this. Oh, yeah. Man, I hated school. Man. I hated paperwork, homework. I hated all that stuff. Yeah, just sitting down. Yeah, in so uh, classroom and everything. So I remember, man, it was we took the test, and I and I guess I failed about a couple points, you know. Okay. So I'm like, oh, screw it, I'm done. And I I ain't Which doing class? I can't remember. It was one. Of, it was either like the math test or it was it was one of the I think we had like four. It's when they implemented like four different things. You had to mm-hmm. take it in a year uh, to pass. But now they don't do it anymore, from what I understand now. But so I failed it. I'm like, well, shoot, ain't, I'm just going to ride the rest of the school year out then. I ain't going to graduate because I didn't pass it. You know what I mean? Is that your senior year? Oh, it's my senior year. Oh, my gosh. So I ain't do no work. And then all of a sudden, because so many people had failed them tests, uh-huh. it was like 300-something people or something like that. It was a crazy amount of people. They went and said, Okay, well, we're not going to apply that to this year. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> you were like, holy thank crap, you classmates. <laughs> now I'm like, now my teacher's like, uh, you got a lot of work to get caught up now. Yeah, because I so stopped you, doing everything. Yeah, you just kind of turned work mode off. because yeah. I know I'm not going to graduate. Right. So I was like, why well, do any more work? Like, I'm back in the ball game, and yeah. now I got to get caught up. Oh yeah, man, they worked with me, man. I, I the day and night, 
getting all this work called up, you know, for all the classes <laughs> so I get good man. grades, you know. And I was lucky, man. I had some incredible teachers there. I'll tell you, they 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 I mean they saved me and they and they helped me get where I'm I'd at imagine today. you were balancing racing too, right? Well, yeah, I, guess I, I was. Time. Well, we was. I was uh, starting to help my brother back then. Back then, that's when I started helping okay. my brother. You know, and but I was working. I was building. At fourteen years old, I started building swimming pools and hot tubs and glass enclosures, and I used to ride a moped to Laurel, Maryland, all the time <laughs> in the summers. And you were a handyman. At oh a yeah, very man. I was like, I, like, I just like money. Hands you on. Know? You yeah. like money. I like money. You like working on things, yep. right? You yep. like to build things and fix things, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, and uh, cars. <laughs> so I was lucky enough, man, with such great teachers that. I got all my work caught up, and I graduated, and uh huh, it went from there. Man, crazy how things work out that way. But your business, though, you serve. What's what's your primary service? Uh, actually, what's your services? What do you do? Like, yeah. what do you specialize? Well, the bulk of it, we do. Uh, we install furniture, okay. um, like you know, office cubicles, private offices, and and you know, uh, commercial buildings. Um, I have a division that does nothing but floor-to-ceiling glass, like you see in a lot of the law firms and a lot of buildings you're going to now. They're all they're all going to getting rid of the drywall and putting up you know, the glass partitions. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, so man, I started with one guy, and then uh, I was like, you know, I only want six guys. You know, I got tired because you know the other company I was at was managing 50, 60, 70 guys, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I don't want them headaches no more. You know, yeah, six six guys, maybe eight guys. I can make enough money to do what I want to do and be able to go racing. You know, and then six guys turn into eight. Then I was like, we do 12. Then we got to 12. And then eventually it grew to I had over 50 employees. Wow. And I'm like, oh, hell no. This is way Did you ever much. think it would no. get to 50? No, because I only wanted six. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but the problem is you start seeing all this money, and I'm, I'm driven by money. Right. That's the problem. Like, I mean, 50 was, employees means yeah. I can do more, which yeah. means I can do I can right. make more, it was more crazy. money. Yeah. <laughs> so then I was like, man, this is crazy. So I scaled it back. So we're down to about 37 employees now. Wow. But just still a lot because I do it all. I mean, right. I do the sales. I do the dispatching. Uh, my wife and um, another lady we have, they do the office stuff. But mm-hmm. I'll still review all the invoices. I mean, I'm like one-man band. I, I do everything, you know. Wow. Because um, I like controlling everything, so I know. It's my money. I know I got to watch my money. So far, and everything goes out, I know it's right before it goes out, and I know we're not going to lose nothing, you know. This is Rick Ecker, driver of the number zero PPP driving sponsored super late model, and you are listening to the Motorsports Dig. So, I was going to ask you how your business has evolved over the years, uh, but I think you kind of answered that. Um, But now on, so you obviously earned enough or you've saved up enough to ultimately obtain what you've always wanted. You're owning your own truck series program now. Oh, yeah. And uh, how's that going? Um, so far you have what, like three or four trucks or something like that (laughs) back in, back in the shop somewhere in North Carolina, North Carolina. Uh, how's that going so far? Good, good. Well, you know, it was like, it was always a dream. Like when I started, when the truck series came out probably 25 years ago, Mm -hmm. I'm like, I mean, I want to do that one day. I love these things, you know, 
But realistically, I was never in a position to do it. And so over the years, since owning our business, you know, I was doing some rental deals. You know, I'd take some money and I'd, I'd drive some else's stuff and just didn't have a lot of success. I mean, you know, trucks weren't ready or the cars weren't ready or a truck weren't ready or just a lot of just a lot of little problems, you know. And, my, you know, my wife's like, stop doing that. Just get your own stuff. I'm like, yeah, but yeah. it's so much more money. Yeah. You know, that's what you understand. You have so much more money on your own stuff. And, you know. Not and, only that. But and the work. You got to work on. You got to work on them or you got to hire people. Or to do hire it. people. So, um. Uh, so, it was a couple years ago in Arca. I just got tired of that's right the problem. So I was you like, didn't you know have what? You're in Arca. I was like, hey, hon, let's do this. She goes, let's do it. <laughs> so I, I hooked up with the Kimmels, and they helped build me a car. I bought a car, and they helped put it together, and they helped me. And man, she was a rocket. Yeah. You know, and went to Daytona for the first time ever, and we qualified seven. Wow. I was hooked then. <laughs> I'm like, hon, you're right. We should have did this sooner. Get our own stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and unfortunately, you know, we got caught up in one of the big ones. You know, we, we almost yeah. dodged it when I shot down pit road because there was nothing there and the guy come down. So, but she was fast. I was like, okay, it's worth the money. What year was that again? That was two years ago. So that would be uh, 17, right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. 17. Yeah. 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 So, uh, so she, she kept me. So then we, Left, then the, the rules were going to change. So I had the Arca car. That's right. Then they're going to change the body rules. Yep. I'm like, well, shoot, it's going to be 30 something thousand bucks. That was before you bought the Arca, right? And well, then, before I went to the trucks. Oh, yeah, right. So I had the Arca stuff. That was before you you made the car or had the car built, right? Well, yeah. No, when they I, made it, was, the it, was still, it was steel bodies. Right. So we, we built the car with steel body. Mm-hmm. And then they decided after we ran Daytona, okay, well, now the Speedway cars are going to go to the, the uh, like the five star bodies, you know? Wrong timing. Right. Terrible Jeez. timing because we have such a fast car, you right. know. And um, so I'm like, well, crap. It's going to cost 30, 32,000 bucks. I'm like, well, if I'm going to do that, I might as well buy a truck. You know, because my wife yeah. said, this is what you always want to do. Right. Just go buy a truck. So I went and bought one truck, you know. And I was like, then one truck turned into two trucks. And it just exploded from there. So, <laughs> um, so we got a nice little fleet of trucks. Okay. Uh, they're all really nice. Um, we rebuilt them. Um, mm-hmm. So I got uh, some trucks. I got uh, two full-time guys and a part-time guy that worked for me in North Carolina. Okay. Uh, I was lucky enough to meet, meet Mike Hillman Sr., okay. who's been around in the truck series forever. You know, the guy was a mastermind. Who's he worked with? Well, he owned his own teams. He was hooked up with the Jermaine Brothers. Okay. Um, wow. Yeah, Tybo. Jermaine Brothers. Oh, wow. yeah. Tybo Don used to drive his yeah. trucks back in the day when they were dominating. Wow. Um, so I met him last year, and we just hit it off really well. And uh, he's a true, true racer, man. This guy just loves racing. You know, he owned his own cup teams, and he done it all. And he has a, a nice shop with his son-in-law down in North Carolina uh, that works on chassis and all that. And he said, man, bring your truck over here. I want to help you. So he gave me a, a nice little size of his garage and shop, and that's where we run my team out of. How'd you meet him again? Just I met him uh, through another friend in, uh, when I ran Canada. Okay. And he just took a liking to me, and the guy's just been unbelievable, man. One wow. Of the nice, one of the nicest people in racing I've ever met. Wow. Must be yeah. knowledgeable, too. Brings Dude. a lot to the table. Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah. yeah the guy's amazing. So is he technically like your car chief? or No, because, no, you know, he he, he, uh, he crew chiefs for – um um. The Cup Series, um, I can't think of the name, Rick, Rick, Matt, uh, Rick Ware. Rick he Ware? Did, yeah, he yeah. crew chiefs of Rick, Rick Ware's stuff Rick and kind of helps run that program. Okay. 
Uh, you know, his son crew chiefs um, Harrison Burton for Kyle Busch. Yep. Yeah, then when them two together back in the day with um, Ty Bud, I mean, they were just unbeatable. Uh, I mean, yeah, were, no, I mean. Yeah, the 30 truck, they yeah, were just rockers, man. Fond, fond memories of yeah. of that duo yeah. now that I can recall. Yep, so, uh, so yeah, so I got, uh, they let me use a piece of their shop, and Mr. Hillman, whenever he has time, he'll go by, just kind of just make sure the guys are doing what they're supposed to. and. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I, I really got some good guys. I mean, we bring the, bring some nice trucks to the track. The downfall is the driver. <laughs> you, you know, right? Me. You. I'm the driver. That's what you're saying. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the downfall to my equipment because I got a lot better equipment then, than what I can show. Right. Only because, like, Daytona was fast, but we got caught up in a big one, you yep. know. Kind of find out the spark plug, one of the spark plug wires was loose at uh, Daytona. That's why we lost so much speed in qualifying. Okay. Because I was like, what the heck happened to this yeah, thing? It right. was like. Wouldn't go nowhere, but kind of find out Ilmore came over and then we had a problem with the spark plug. Um, but we had a fast truck, but we just got caught up in a big one, you know. Dang. Um, so, um, yeah, so that's what we did, man. So we own our own team now. Uh, yeah. The dream come true. And uh, now we're looking for, you know, some drivers with funding and, of course, some sponsor because you're in a whole new level now. Yeah, no, you know, I mean, you, you own your own this. team. You can pre- – as long as you have the finances squared away and you're keeping up with it, I mean that's a dream come true, man. Oh yeah, you're owning your own, you know, uh, top tier NASCAR team, Truck Series team. I love the Truck Series, yeah, man. I, I think it's the best series right now. It has a perfect blend of of the big time and the grassroots level. Yeah. It's the perfect. It's great racing, man. It's the, it's great racing yeah. too. Um, so for you though. And then you also have your own modified team. Yep. yep so how do you try to balance that? I don't like to use the word balance, yeah. but how do you how do you balance the the two teams? Yeah. You know, it's been tough. That's a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's been tough. More more so the time than the money aspect of it. You know, I, again, when I started this truck deal, I was like, "Hun, I just want to do five races. Five races a year, right? Five races a year, and that's it. That's it." <laughs> And now we did the first whatever five or you six. Were, you were running up. Yeah. Uh, you were running like like I thought at one point you were running for uh, the points. I know. A whole was, year in the truck series. Yeah. It, we was going to try to do the first five or six races. And then when I when I bobbled at uh, Atlanta uh, and got into the wall, yeah, that hurt us from going to Vegas. Yeah. Uh, so, but, yeah, my game plan was, I, honestly, I was going to try to go until we either found a funded driver or I ran out of money, but at least like I say, I did it, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> so. uh, modified, though, how many races have you been out to this year? None. None this Man, year. Man, I, I didn't realize a truck because I committed to doing all the races we were doing. Uh-huh. It literally has taken up all our time. I'm Between sure. that and our business, you know, we're so busy, you know, and I've been driving a race hauler, too, on top of, you know, taking a race hauler in North Carolina and then flying back, and it just really – assumed all my time and i just yeah. haven't i mean the modifier is ready i mean we're we're going we're going dirt racing looks sweet um, too number 83 oh, yeah. black yeah. and pink right oh i love it man slick yeah so we're going to uh we're going to go uh hopefully maybe um in two weeks we'll probably try to find somewhere to go okay um uh, i'm gonna travel a little bit i want to go to eldor with the modifier that's right uh so I'm not gonna, the truck this year man if i could find some sponsor i would okay uh but i put so much money in these trucks right to make them so nice that when you go run dirt with them, it tears them up. You know, it's eight to ten thousand dollars to fix the bodies and crush panels and all that. And 
that's a, that would just kill our budget. Right. You know. So I figure, heck, we just take the uh, modified out there and go run some races. Yeah, you know? man. We're, we're trying to find some um, some sponsorship or a funded driver because I mean, honestly, I'm a four to five race a year guy. That's all I really want to do. I'm a, I don't really like all the real big tracks. There's about four or five I really like to do, and then other that's want to play with dirt car. But I love to be an owner and have a full time truck team. Yeah. You know, with a younger kid. Yeah. Um, and I think it showed what kind of equipment we have when, when in Charlotte when we put uh, Stefan Parson in the car. Yep. You know, uh, that truck, we had some electrical problem the first practice and missed it. Uh, so he didn't really get no laps. First time he's ever been there in a the truck. And then the second segment, shoot, he went out there. We did some mock-up runs because we had to make sure it was going to be fast enough to get in it. And, man, I seen that thing, our number pop up in that uh, score pylon, 13th. I was like, holy moly. <laughs> Man, it was. I ain't gonna lie. It like put almost put tears in my eyes. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. like, holy crap, we got good stuff. Right, and that's a different perspective. Yes, for you too. Sitting up on the box, not oh, in, not in the truck. Nerve. That was stressful, man. I was it really? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I wanted to truly give this kid a legitimate shot to see what kind of talent he has, and one, and two, and to see what kind of equipment we really have. Right. You know, I always known that. You know, I was definitely hurting the program a little bit because hell I'm, I'm gonna be 50 years old yeah. you know in the back of my mind i do have to be a little cautious because i am my business right you know what i mean i run the whole business so i can't really put myself in too bad of a spot to seriously get injured or something like that because mm-hmm. it can happen yeah so you get some young kids like this right they don't think about nothing man besides pushing that gas you know <laughs> and uh man when i seen that thing on 13 spot and then i think we ended the second practice at 16 yeah I mean, he beat some fast trucks. Right. Yeah. I mean, we was faster than Salter. I mean, there were some big money teams. Yeah. And we were faster. So I was like, oh, crap. We got a shot here, man. Charlotte's a tough place to race, too. Oh, yeah. Obviously. Yeah. So, shoot, yeah. I hired uh, Jack, um, the Jack Roush number six cup team pit crew. Okay. Hired them. You know, bought all brand new set of tires that you could have. I went for broke on this one because was I want to give this kid a legit shot. You after know? you saw P13 oh, on yeah. the board, you were oh, like, yeah. I got to get the I, I have to get the pit crew. I got to get the tires. Yeah. I got to make sure this kid has, has everything he needs. The Has everything he needs. Yeah. Right. Because the pit stops will kill you. Oh, and my I, gosh. And I, and I had some bad pit stops. I'm like, you know, like at um, solar races, you know, I'd pass eight or nine cars. Yeah. You know, trucks come in for a pit stop. And I'm like, holy crap, they're all back in front of me again. Yeah. It's so frustrating. They didn't have to work that much harder. Too. Track position is everything. Arrow and everything. Right. Passing. So when he did what he did in my truck and only had about maybe six or seven laps in it, and never being there, I was like, "This boy got a shot running the top 12. Yeah, that's incredible, man. So I did, man. So we got that. We got the cup crew, uh, cup crew to pit it. We bought all the a lot of tires that you're allowed to have because I really wanted to give him a shot, man. And we missed a setup. That's the only thing that just kills me. You know, if we didn't miss that first practice, we would have known we needed to do a better, do a heavier spring on the right front. It just got too tight on him, mm-hmm. and it just killed the truck. You know, he started 16th. I'm looking. At it now and finished 24th yeah. uh led one lap yeah that's what it says yeah got up in the wall it just got so tight on him okay it got away from him and ended up tearing it up pretty good in the yeah. body and all that but uh but yeah you let it lap and i mean it was truck was fast man yeah. i'm gonna tell you something i was excited you know and 
I was, I was really impressed with what he had done, mm-hmm. and I'm really hoping that you know we could maybe do something again and, and get him in a truck. That's awesome. The boy's got some talent. That's awesome. And the paint scheme too. Yeah. Obviously, everything that had happened with UNC Charlotte, and I think he's a, a student there. Student yeah. at like UNC Charlotte. So that was also must have been really special too to have him in the car with the paint scheme at Charlotte yeah. too, right? And, and to be able to honor them, the students, that, right? You know, yeah, it's just a. That passed away and 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 worked that good because man. my truck number was forty nine. So yeah, I guess their their team logo is forty nine too or something. How about that or something? So yeah, yeah it, was right. honor, it was a good honor for right. him. You know, he was he was really excited because they had um, two of the young kids that you know passed away and yeah, they had him on top of the truck man. doors and all and man. It's just sad man. You just don't know how lucky you are. You know, life life is precious. You gotta enjoy it every day. You know, right? So race car. Driver Ray and owner Ray. Did you ever think that, okay, I wanted to own this team because I want to race my cars. But now it seems like you're starting to enter the owner stage of it and you want to get more into the owner stage of it. So I guess what I'm trying to ask is uh, are you getting just as more enjoyment as being an owner as you are inside the car? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah, but I might even enjoy it a little bit more because it wasn't so much work, you know. Yeah, <laughs> <But> right. <laughs> at the end of the day, I wasn't all sweaty and wore out, you know. <laughs> and it's a bit easier on yeah. the mind too. Yeah, you yeah. Know? I, I was I, honestly, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I'm realistic. I know that I'm old for for trying to do this. Yeah, you know, I'm competing against 17 year olds, 18 years olds. I mean. You know, kids that live on these computers and all that. Yeah, man. I mean, they got mad skills, you know, yeah. and, and hell. They do. I'm just living the dream as an old guy, you know what I mean? I just, yeah. I, I can say I did it. No yeah, matter right. what, at the end of the day, right? you know, I can say I owned and raced in the NASCAR truck series. Yeah. Not too many people can say they did Not that. Not too many people can say that. You're right and, about and that. And I got good equipment. Yeah. You know, that's just a double whammy right there, you know. I mean, I got really good equipment, you know, uh-huh. and that's, and I could have done without my wife, of course, you know what I mean? She supported all these crazy ideas and dreams and yeah and all that stuff, you know, and yeah. and uh, and all our employees that work for us. I mean, hell, if they didn't show up every day, go to work, you know, we it's wouldn't do it either. So we're pretty we're pretty lucky. Have this. Yeah, but we're sitting here on your new property. Yeah. You you haven't even been here for like a month. Right? <laughs> no, we're, no, just just moved in. Still got stuff packed up. It's you know? crazy. So how big is the house? Too big. <laughs> uh, you know, it was really supposed to be a little small rancher. And then we grew it to a, a three-story building. And then I had these ideas. Man, you know, I want a pool table room. Not that I even play pool table. I see a trend here. Yeah. So I was like, all right, hon, we're going to bump this wall out two feet. We're going to bump these corners out two feet. So, yeah, so the, the house is a hell of a lot bigger than it was supposed to be. But that's pretty much everything that you've ever gotten right. in, involved much. in. <laughs> pretty much, you know. <laughs> it's always intent. It's always uh, panned out to be bigger than intended. Yeah, yeah. And then originally it was only two and a half acres of land we bought. Okay. Yeah, I was like, well, shoot, I don't want nobody really living next to us, next to us, you know? Yeah. So uh, there was another four acres next to me. Uh-huh. So the, the old man, uh, farmer guy owns it. Uh, there was another piece probably I was going to buy next to a house we have now that somebody else got. Mm-hmm. So he came to me and goes, I know you want the other one, but the other people kind of beat you to it. I want to sell you these four acres. I said, I'll take it. Wow. So now we got six and a half acres of land. And you're putting a new shop yep, yep. in the backyard, 42, right? Yeah, 42 by 60 building. Uh, that's going to house all the race cars eventually. Wow. So, so. you're going to house your truck, 
we'll have some trucks here. Cars. Uh, the dirt cars here. Okay. My little daughter's got a little quarter midget. How really? Oh yeah, it's in this other garage up here. Wow. So, and then right in the very end of the property is a really big. Uh, it's almost like the new properties has almost like a flag layout. Uh huh. So in that back flag area, we're actually building a go kart track. Really? Yeah. So all my buddies, we're all gonna get go karts. Kyle Lear and all these man. guys, Kirk Zimmerman, and I might have to take you that. up on that. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> so we all gonna get go karts. <laughs> and then uh, plus my daughter have it all. We're going dirt. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then my daughter, we, she'll have a place to run a quarter midget all the time. And then she, when she wants to go racing, wow, and wants to do something like that, then we'll go racing. If she just wants to play on her home track, you know. Yeah. We, I won't force racing on her. I mean, she she's doing horseback riding right now. Okay. She loves it. You know, she's five years old and she she's riding these huge horses. But I'm like, still, holy moly. I mean, that is. I feel like riding horses, and I'm not here to talk about horses. Yeah. We're here to talk about horsepower. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like riding a horse is kind of a similar mentality to riding or driving a race car. Oh, she loves speed, man. Yeah. Right. I mean, four wheelers. And uh, jet skis, it's always, let's go faster, Daddy. Let's go faster. She has kind of your. Yeah, yeah. Scares the hell out of the wife, though. I'm sure. <laughs> She's probably like, I didn't sign up for this. I didn't marry you for this. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, man. So, yeah, so we're building a go-kart track over there. Wow. Uh, we'll start running some go-kart races there with all our man, buddies. Man, you, you know? are involved in a lot these days, man. Yeah. You are living your best life, aren't you? Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> I can't ask for anything better, you know. Man. Uh, but I, so... You want to, before I ask you this next question here, I know you, you know, just by hearing your story and everything and uh, just hearing maybe some of the comments that Brett Moffat had to say about you at, like, Dover, like, you, he said you shouldn't be out there. That's what he told me. Yeah. And he was pretty much blaming you for him not winning that race at Dover. Yeah, when lap cars are racing too wide like idiots in front of the leaders, you can catch them. That's about it. NASCAR is doing a really poor job at watching minimum speed. Um, in my opinion, those the 49 shouldn't be out there. He's, you know, four seconds off pace, and it's just dangerous when we catch him. And then he's too wide with another lap car when we catch him, and it just puts us all in a bad situation. Yeah, I mean, I've, all, all the truck races, they need to pay more attention or or strengthen it up, whatever. I, I don't know, but like Vegas, it's dangerous when we catch them here. It's, it's not really dangerous, but it messes up the race for the win while they're back there just riding around. Yeah, you should probably go back and watch what, the videos. What do you have to say just about that? Just, I mean, if you even want to say anything at all. Oh, no, I, fa- I Facebooked them. You Facebooked Oh, yeah. If you're going to talk smack... Talk you smack to him me. or you oh, post yeah. it on his timeline? I post it on his timeline. <laughs> if you're going to talk smack, come to me like a man and talk smack. Okay? Now, if I get in anybody's way, I'm there to run my race and race the people I know I can race. Yeah. And if you watch that whole race, okay, I think they caught me maybe seven times. Yeah. If you watch that whole race, every time a faster truck was coming, I gave them the bottom lane the whole time. Yeah, he tried to I go. I always went up high. Always. So right. the other six times, okay, <laughs> that he caught me, he went to the bottom every time because that's what I gave all the guys. Gotcha. If you watch that race, okay, he followed me high. He did. Mid-corner. He screwed up as a driver. Mid-corner. If you know you passed me six other times and I always gave in, going down the front and back stretch, I always put my hand out to signal, go low. Yeah. I'm giving you the bottom. Yeah. I still have to race – a minimum speed. I can't just pull over and stop. Yeah. Okay? 
Now, if you go back and watch that race, because I was like, damn, I, I, I seen that. I was like, holy crap, did I screw this guy up? So I talked to my spotter, Stevie Reeves, you know, and Stevie Reeves is, is the one who directs me on where to go. Hey, leaders are coming. Make sure you go high. Give them the bottom. We still got to keep our momentum up or you're going to get black flagged. That's what we do. So I get back. I'm watching the race. I'm like, damn, this dude should go back and watch this race because he still had another hundred laps to go, first of all. So I might have screwed him up when he was the when he was the idiot that followed me high when <laughs> he had six other times going low. Now, he's, he's a series champion. OK, so you should know when you got a yellow stripe on the back of a bumper and you're catching this guy. And six other times he was high. You got to bet the other seven times he's going to be high. Right. And the hand out the window is telling you to go low. He should have went low. So, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, so that was on lap 100. Now, if you want to blame a driver for causing you to lose a race when you still had 100 laps to go, something's wrong. <laughs> right. You and, know what I mean? And, and then he was, on, he was on the front line three or four other times on right, restarts. Right, right. The bottom line is Johnny Sauter outdrove him. Yep. Like he does so many other people. <laughs> right. And what Moffat kind of forget where he came from. Yeah. You know, because if I went back and watched, I can see a lot of races where he was in front of people, blocking people in the Cup Series and all them other things. You know what I mean? He did race in the Cup Series. Yeah. For, yeah. yeah. He was in the way. But he was in the way. I go there not to interfere with in them guys. Right. You know, right. even like on restarts. You know, I'll I'll pull down on the back stretch because mm -hmm. if I know there's some guys behind me that are going to probably be faster and are racing for points and championship, I pull down. I let them go and wave right. them by. Of course, because I'm not there to interfere what they got going on. I have my own agenda and my own game plan. You know what I mean? And and, and I so Jeff Gluck tweeted. I just I'm gonna read a tweet from Todd Bodine, but he quoted Jeff Gluck's tweet about, and this was at the cup race at Dover. Um, Martin Truex uh, said, undamn believable they even let a guy like that on the racetrack. And he was talking about Reed Sorensen. Now, this was at Dover, and I feel like Todd Bodine's tweet was kind of boiling over to what Brett Moffitt said about um, some of the guys who he's pretty much blaming. Uh, you and just like other cars possibly out there. But Ty Bodine quoted the tweet and said, instead of about lap cars, why don't we make rules that help underfunded teams more competitive instead of catering to the big dogs? Right. So my next question would be how obviously NASCAR is in a crossroad to the Gen 7 car on the Cup Series, but everything has to trickle down. So how could NASCAR – uh, make changes over these next, or I guess not next, like few years now. What can they do now over for these next two or three years to help out a guy like you who right. owns who like owns owns your own team? Yeah, it's tough. Um, I mean, it just it takes a lot of money to do it. Yeah, you know what I mean. And even people come in with a lot of money and have businesses eventually walk away. Yeah, because it's hard to find the money to do it. It's a very expensive sport. I mean, and then the problem, though, is when NASCAR are always making changes and rule changes and doing this and doing that, it costs you tens of thousands of dollars to do it. <laughs> you know, like going to the new bodies and, you know, just like tire rules, you know, the, you know, the tire, the, it, it costs you about $10,000 just for a set of tires yeah. to run the weekend race. That's a huge expense. 
Yeah. You know, then the license are so expensive. You, think you know, it just that it all can, adds up. You think the tires could be like oh, yeah. an avoidable thing. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's ridiculous the cost of a set yeah. of tires. 2400 bucks For tires. For four tires. That's. And what other ways that. You know, how else. What ways are, do you look at your card, how you have to set it up, and maybe some like competitive like advantages that the bigger teams have? What ways do you look at it and be like, this is more complicated than, than it needs to really be? Yeah. The problem, though, I'll step back years ago, is when all the engineering started coming into racing. Yeah. You know, the pull-down rigs and all this other stuff, and that's really where it's kind of gone crazy with, with money, mm-hmm. you know? I don't have the money to buy them kind of machines, you know. Right. We we uh we used to give a guy a couple of dollars and we'll use their pull down machine and all that stuff, you know. But you know they got the shaker post machines. I mean it's just it's incredible all the engineering that's involved in this, you know. And yep. I just got some old school guys, you know. I mean my my crew chief uh, Joe Lack's been around forever, so uh, we kind of just go off his experience and all that. And we you know we get some help now and then from other people if we ask, you know. And uh, I saw. Rick Olson too. Yeah, my boy Rick. You know, he come hanging with us. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love when all them guys come, man. Cool and all them. Yeah. I just enjoy it because I know they like it, and it's an opportunity just to share everything with my family and friends. And yeah. It's just a good time, man. You know right. what I mean? And and like I say, when I seen them post, I was like, <laughs> I couldn't believe it because I'm like, man, I don't remember doing something like that. Because trust me, if I screw any of them guys up, I'm the first one that would go there and say, hey, man, I'm really sorry. Right. But I, I I don't do that. I don't. Right. I'm not here to race people. I don't need to be racing. Yeah. You know. And when I went back and looked, I'm like, well, damn. First of all, you followed me high. Yeah. There still was a hundred laps to go in the races. How <laughs> the hell could you blame a guy? Right. When a hundred laps still to go, yeah, and you right. was on the front row on the last restart anyway. <laughs> so I couldn't quite understand that. Yeah. And you know, and what I've always said, and I say it about NASCAR, is you need the smaller teams. Because without them, you're really in trouble. It's true. Okay. Xfinity Series. Yes. There's Look about at ten big teams. Right. You got to have small ones. Cup. There's about, mm, I want to say, twenty cars yeah. who are competitive. Right. And if you look like the ARCA Series now, man, when I ran ARCA, we'd have forty, fifty man, cars showing up. ARCA was. Ain't got nobody. And 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 then on top of that, you had the Bush right. Series East. We had tons of cars. Now uh, I think a lot of these K and M races, they got fourteen, fifteen cars. Yeah. Right. We'd had 30, 40. Yeah. Because what happened is, you know, NASCAR car started catering to, like, Joe Gibbs because when the Hooter Series was around. Yeah. You know, oh, man, you got to drop your lower age limit so we can get these guys in there. So they started catering to all these big money cup teams and all that. Mm-hmm. And then when them guys got tired, they just stopped. Yeah. And then you ran off a lot of the small guys. Right. You know, because the small guys are the ones that aren't bright enough. Right. To not keep spending your money. You know what I mean? We do it because we love so it. So you're saying it – Really, all stems back to the engineers. Oh yeah, right. That's when it started getting out of control. Yeah, but there's really nothing they can do now. No, it's the, it's, it is what it is. Other than kind of like limit what the engineers can do by like limiting the horsepower, I yeah. guess. Right. Just like yeah, the but OEMs it's still and everything. They they gonna spend so much money other places to try to be. A, you're never gonna stop people that have that kind of money. Right. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, I truly believe NASCAR's in trouble. I think I think if the next when that Gen Seven comes out, uh-huh. I think you're lucky to have thirty team owners. Eventually. Really? Within the next five years, I think you're lucky to have thirty team owners. The only reason it's probably thirty six now is because of the charter deal. Yep. 
And right now, because they, you have a guaranteed spot going. You guarantee, to the track. and you're guaranteed a certain amount of money. The money drops off so bad, and your sponsors too. Oh yeah, you see, like I'm guaranteed. guaranteed. I don't have to race. Nope. my way in. No, it's a business now. It's really not a race anymore. If you're, you're just probably about 10, 15 cars that truly, really race, race. Yeah. You know what I mean? The guys that are, are you know, maybe 18, 20th back, it's just a business. Yeah. They're going there. They're running their own little race. You know what I mean? And they make their money, and that's how it is. I mean, you're not – but I think I think, I think think they're in trouble. I mean, look at look at the car counts. I mean, the truck series, I think the one great thing they did do, do with the truck series and has helped guys like me mm-hmm. is the Ilmore Motor. That's right. Because that makes it – it helps make at least a level playing field on the engine part of it, you know. Mm-hmm. You buy that thing, you got the exact same motor. Yeah. You know, and yeah. you can run it, you know, 12, 1,500, 1,800 miles, you know, before you got to freshen it up. Yeah. So that that's the one great thing they did. Uh, but you still – you got you to try to get the tire bill down, man. The tire yeah. bill – you know, the traveling, you can't do nothing about that. But right. the overall expenses of the license, the, the tires, just escalates the what's cost. What's the licensing? Like, what's the licensing well, mine was like, cost to you? Mine was 2600 Really? Between mine and my wife's boats, it was like $5,200, $5,300. Really? Just for our license. Just to get on the track? Yep, just to be able to be a driver license and the wife to have an owner's license. And the crew guys, I want to say they're 800 to to 1000 somewhere around there. Jeez, but you still got to pay. But you still got to pay every week when you go, though. Yeah, that's crazy that I get in for free, right? As a media member, and they feed me. Yeah, and you and you have to pay. We got to pay. That's absurd. Not including the seventeen hundred fifty dollars entry fee for the truck. Jeez, a flip. Oh yeah, you got to pay every race we go 1750? to. Seventeen fifty. Just well, to enter the truck. I, I've, I'm really <laughs> curious the purses and how much you get after the yeah. race. Is there I mean, you used to find it everywhere. They yeah. used to give it down to the scent. Yeah, they they, hide they it used now. to. Now they hide it. With where you're finishing on a normal basis. So, Stefan's 26th or 24th, 24th, I think it was. Like, yeah, place finish. What can that do for your program? Can you upgrade equipment with, like, 24th place finishes? Or are you just getting by? Yeah, if we didn't tear the truck up, we would have did okay. Okay. I think I paid maybe 13000 and some change or something like that. For, like, 24th? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. So, if you know, and then we had some sponsorship come on board. So, it really, if we would have made it through that race with very minimum damage, mm-hmm. it would have helped the program to be able to buy some more things. You know, because I'm working on trying to get another motor right now. You know, if you can get a little bit of sponsorship money, you don't tear nothing up. And depending on what tracks you go to, you can, you can, it'll help you get to the next race. You can take a little bit of money set aside. You know, to help freshen your motor up and, mm-hmm. and things like that. But mm-hmm. if you tear them up, right. all the money you made goes right back in the truck and you're right back where you started. Is there a a goal on where – I mean, obviously, you want to finish as high as you can, but is there a, a particular place where you're like, okay, I need to finish here so I can make a little bit of money? Yeah. Is there one particular – like 25th or 26th or 24th or 20th? Is yeah. there – Well, what's funny, though, if you see the spreadsheet from probably – you know, 25th, probably somewhere around 14th maybe. It's not that much of a money difference. Really? So there's no incentive to really put yourself in a bad spot to get one or two more spots because it's not that much of an increase. Okay, you so know? if you get in that top 25, yeah. you're you're like um... – Yeah, well, my goal is realistic. I, I don't really race it for the money. Right. You know, 
I feel like with the equipment I have. I'm just curious. Yeah. Well, I just, I just, I just try to do. I feel like with the equipment I have, we should be an 18th or 22 place truck. Okay. Is what I feel like it should be. Okay. You know, and again, I know I I, I hurt myself because of my experience and all. Yeah. You know, and, and my age and all. But when I seen what Stefan did with my truck, that told me right then and then I definitely got an 18th place truck, if not better. Right. So. So if I know if we do that, mm-hmm. then we're gonna be in a better spot with the money. Okay. You know, at the end of the day, but the goal is just don't tear it up. If we right. don't tear it up, right. it'll help pay your salaries. Right. And help get you to the next race. You know. Right. So. Are you looking now? You want to provide more like opportunities for like younger drivers, right? Are you looking yes. at like other drivers to put in the car, <laughs> or is Stefan a, a kid that you're trying to put in your your truck more, or like both? Yeah, no, man, I would love to. I'd love to have a little uh, driver development deal. Yeah, you know, and I'd even buy an Arca car, you know, and run some Arca races if we could find. One, a kid with some experience. And two, the same thing everybody else is looking for is a fun driver or sponsorship. Right. Uh, you know, luckily, you know, I don't have to make money with my race team. As long as my race team breaks even, you know, every dollar that team makes and brings in, it goes right back into the team. You know, I have a business. I make a paycheck. Right. You know, I don't need my race team to support me and my lifestyle. Right. So everything that I get always goes back into the race team, you know, and – like I say, I you know I don't have to race. I love it, you know. But if I could run three or four or five races a year to get my fix, right? Just that's to good. get your fix. That's it. Yeah. You know, I love the Daytona. I love Eldora. You know, I love Pocono. Yeah. You know, Dover. So you know, Miami. So there's a few tracks I really love that I I want to race. Yeah. Other than that, I love to have a young kid or multiple kids um, in my truck every week, and have and have, and have cool. that thing travel the series every week. That's cool. Because you you're seeing guys like Ross Chastain, oh, incredible and, talent, uh, yeah, just incredible talent. But he's he's getting his opportunities with like Chip Ganassi yeah. and Nice Motorsports because of like premium motorsports yeah. and because of these entry level programs. And and I can see you being one of those guys who offers the next Kyle Larson yeah. or the next Jeff Gordon, um, you know, their first crack at it. And to me. You know, just in your shoes, that's pretty exciting. Oh yeah, that I that you can possibly do that. Yep, and I would love to do it. I mean, honestly, I mean, I'd love to just to be a full time owner. Yeah, you know, but it, on the real side of it is, I'm not gonna go broke doing it. Right. Like I know. Right. I have a budget that I'm willing to spend every year. Yeah. Once we reach that budget, then we'll have to park it until the next year. Yeah. You know, and I think that's where a lot of people get in trouble, and that's why we've skipped some races. Because it didn't make like going out to Kansas. I love to going out to Kansas, but yeah. for what it pays to start, and then you add in the travel and all this, it just business wise, it wasn't a smart business decision. Yeah, you know, so that's why you know we end up skipping that. So you know, we'll skip some races if it doesn't make good business sense. Okay, you know, um, but yeah, I mean, I like to say, I mean, I would love to continue this for years and years and years if, if we could find a, the right couple of drivers to come on board and maybe some younger kids and. Uh, with some sponsorship and all that, or mm-hmm. hell, I don't know. Maybe some of these, one of these big Maryland-owned companies around here. Yeah, they'll step up, help a local boy out, and, and Lito's which, Pizza. Which, yeah, man, yeah. Under some, Armour. Oh, uh, some a lot uh, of big yeah. companies. How man. can you forget about Under Armour? Yeah, a lot of big companies in Maryland. You know, yeah, uh, Deason Watson and 
lot of big companies, man. Just been nice if you can get one of them to step up You're and help a local boy. In under armor shirt. Oh right yeah, now. yeah, I love the product. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, are you like? Could you? Are you in a spot where you are like talking with some drivers uh, that you can name to put in the like the truck? No, I mean you know I or, get people that message me all the time, you know, but they're in the same boat I was back in the day. You yeah, know? everybody wants to do it, but nobody has any money. Right. So it they could be just talent off the wall but if they don't bring anything like to the table it's tough you you can't really offer them much right it's tough because the problem though is you know these these things cost about one hundred twenty five thousand dollars. yeah so you know you you love to give people opportunities but to go out there and put it they go out there and put it in the wall you're gonna lose one hundred twenty five thousand dollars. yeah like that and then like from here to Daytona in terms of like the travel uh, all up the like just like add it all up together not not like counting uh the damage that week right. how much like did it cost you to get down there like the entry fee how much like did it cost you yeah you it, you really you you spend 25 to 30,000 a race wow yeah wow <laughs> wow that's a lot yeah Jeez. Yeah, and you know, and that's just all them. That's just you know, getting everything you need. The oils are very expensive. You got to change the oils all the time. Yeah. You know, you got rent shocks. Jeez. Up, you know, you got update. You know, um, maintenance of trans. I mean. Yeah. It just it adds up the gears. You know, I rent. Sure. I rent all that stuff because you know Waddell Wilson. I rent my gears from him. Yeah. Um, you know, shocks from Harry Reid. I mean, you know, these are guys that have been around forever and they put nice product together, but. You know, if you want to try to run decent and be semi-competitive, you got You can't go there without good stuff. Yeah. You know? You're right. So, at the end of the day, just to break even, you still need twenty five to 30000 bucks. Jeez, a flip. Yeah. That's 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 a lot of money. <laughs> a lot of money. <laughs> that's a lot that's of money, That's why you need man. big corporate sponsors, you well, know? Do you think that I try to keep up with it as much as I can? I have, I have like my own life to live and just like everything and i try to stay on top of the news and where nascar is headed obviously with the cup series they're making a ton of changes xfinity series i don't know if they've touched that too i mean too too obviously they have the new um they had like the new just carbon bodies yeah yeah carbon bodies that was a great great way to go though yeah right I mean, honestly. And, and then with the truck series, do you think they're going to make any more changes that would hurt you? They're going, Are you they, worried they, about going, that? What I'm worried about is the bodies. Okay. I think they're going to start trying to push it, but in the next couple of years, they're going to the same body styles like that. You know, eventually it'd be a little cheaper because uh-huh. you can fix some things yourself. Right. You know what I mean? No one's going to tear it up too, too bad. It's just the initial cost. Yeah, just to get yourself okay. I yeah, just you have gotta to switch get them all over. It's, it's recuperated twenty thousand dollars a pop. Yeah, per truck. Jeez, you know, might even be twenty five thousand depending exactly if they do all the crush panels and all that. It's crazy. So see, I was so when they make all these new rule changes. Yeah. Yeah, down the road it helps. Right. But the initial cost. Yeah. It's going to put people out of business. Yeah. And speaking of that, if you had your way. Everybody, the 2021 schedule, 
everybody has their own opinions yeah. about it. Truck Series needs to go to more short tracks. Five yeah. Flags Speedway, Winchester Speedway, and like Indiana. Uh, they need to go back to South Boston. They yeah. need to go to Hickory. They need to go here. They need to go to Nashville Fairgrounds Speedway. We need less Michigans, more South yeah. Bostons. If you had your way at the 2021 NASCAR Truck Series schedule, what tracks do you want on there? Hmm. I would say not necessarily names of tracks, but I truly believe we need to be at more tracks that are a mile or less. Okay. You know? On the truck series. Yeah. I think you still need, you know, you need a Michigan, you need a Texas, you know me, but you need to get back into the grassroots. You know, you need the Iowa's, you need the Richmond's. You know, I I think next year we are going to go to Richmond. You know, you need the Richmond's, you need the Martinsville. You know, South Boston would be a really good one. Even the new Old Dominion Speedway. Yeah. That's our beautiful facilities over there. Yeah. You know, that, and that's a fast track. You know, that would host a good show. Um, so you need tracks like that. The problem, I think, where it comes in from the promoter side is the amount of money you have to pay to host a race like that. Yeah. So it all it all cycles into sponsors. So if Old Dominion, say, got a one of the truck race, I don't know. They might have to pay 50, 60 grand. I don't know what, you know the fee is mm-hmm. so now you got to find sponsors to help cover that because you're not sure you're going to have enough people come in to pay that kind of entry fee to yeah. cover that you know what i mean so you you, you probably need to find sponsors fast. so everything at the end of the day all revolves around everybody needs sponsors but i truly believe we need to get away from all the real big tracks though yeah you know what i mean um <laughs> we need some smaller tracks i think you know it would it would bring more excitement Okay. Back into it, you know. Yeah, that's my same exact thought process too, because it's like you have the Xfinity series. I feel like needs to align more yeah. with the Cup series schedule. Still have your like grassroots short tracks, but I think you know if you're preparing these guys for the Cup series, Xfinity series needs to be that, and to prepare guys for the Xfinity series, the Truck series needs to be that. What'd you think of Greg Biffle's win? Uh, oh, dude, that was awesome, night? man. Did you watch that? No, nah, I didn't fall. I didn't fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But honestly, it doesn't surprise me. Yeah, it really doesn't. I mean, one, he's a great wheel man himself. Yeah, and just because he hasn't raced in three years or whatever, yeah, you don't forget. You know what I mean? Right. And to jump in that fifty-one team ran by Rudy anyway. Yeah. Oh my God, dude! I mean, that was almost a gimme. Yeah. That crew chief is unbelievable. First of all. Yeah. You know. <laughs> uh he just that guy is just unbelievable. You look, I mean, that I think that truck has won six races now. Yeah, you know, six. five five with Bush and then that one Biffle. Yep, and they're six for six between right. the two with with Rudy on the on a pit box. You know, yeah. and I, I'd be surprised if you don't. You have to see Biffle back in Iowa and at um, Gateway. You need because you need to put him in. I would. <laughs> Your truck. Heck yeah, I'll put him in there. He's <laughs> going for another fifty something, fifty or one hundred fifty thousand dollar bonus. Yeah. Now, that gainer, man, I'll tell you, that guy, when we was at Daytona and uh, Marcus came in there and was, was talking to all of us, and, man, I thought he was Oprah. <laughs> he was like, all right, I'm going to give you 50. I'm going to give you 150. <laughs> and funny. if you win this, I'm going to give you 150, but you got to split it with the pit crew. <laughs> I was like, wow. I mean, this guy was just throwing money at everybody. Yeah. You know, but what was really cool was he loves racing, man. He loves NASCAR. He loves his brands and his products. And he ain't afraid to split the money at it. Right. You know, and tell you how much he appreciate what you do for his brands. Yeah. And, but he made it clear, though. But if you win, 
your pit crew gets seventy five thousand dollars of this to split. <laughs> so you know what I mean. So all the crew chairs, they were all clapping all, but um, I mean you you'd be a fool not to put Biff in one of your trucks because right. he's he's going after that bonus. He's the only one now that could win. I think it's like six hundred fifty thousand dollar bonus. Well, winning all three or something like that. I saw something on Twitter the other day. He's technically not eligible for the bonus this week because he missed the deadline was June fourth. Oh, and the, oh, and the race was entry. June eighth. Yeah. Yeah, for the yep. late entry. Yeah, that's right. So well, that's a bummer, man. But yeah, Gander's probably happy though because they just saved a whole lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> yeah, I'd put him in my truck. I mean, I love I love to put some talent, you know, even some older guys or a lot of experience. Yeah, um, in my truck only because I really wanted to see where our program right. is. Right. Yeah, for real. You know what I mean? And and the guys like that, you know, they're going they'll take care of the equipment. You know, right, but, exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I even talked to Timothy Peters. You know, I early, love earlier this year, and I was trying to get him in my truck. You know, okay. I just don't think. All right, I don't think he thought our equipment maybe was good enough. Yeah. Um, it's just my guess because yeah. it never evolved into nothing. But I'd, I'd have put him in some racing. Did he kind of like play you off? Well, we we talked a little bit, but it just didn't go nowhere after that. Okay. Okay. You Makes know? sense. But you know, he's a Virginia boy, and yeah, you know, Great I watched racer, him for man. a long time. Great driver, man. a lot of talent. Great driver, and takes care of equipment, and he can wheel it. Johnny Benson, man. Oh yeah, he was I a miss man back me then. some Johnny Benson, Scott yeah. Riggs too. Yeah, yeah, but I thought you know I thought with Peters, man, I think he could have showcased our equipment pretty good. I thought you know. Yeah. And I, after you know, and, and the, the the funny thing about it, though is, so nothing ever really came out of it, you know, with him driving, and we actually by us running as fast as we did at, at Charlotte, we actually sent him home. He got sent home from that race. Really? He didn't even make it with that's the ninety right. with the ninety two truck. That's right. <laughs> you're laughing I was laughing I was like well maybe our equipment's pretty good though you know <laughs> what about our equipment yeah if you drove my stuff you might be in the race you be in the race too <laughs> so might have to bring that back up yeah, to him yeah so uh, yeah. So yeah but he's another but it just goes to show you though a guy like that with all that talent yeah he can't even find a full time ride because he don't have no money yeah it's just it sucks yeah it pains me yeah um that the sports headed that well, not headed that way. It's 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 been in that way for it's just worse a while. Yeah. Um, but and I don't think we'll ever get out of it. Yeah. It, it's, it's where is that now? Yeah. As he gets for the ride. Yeah, it's for the ride. Yeah. Um. But now, but we're going dirt racing, man. I love my dirt racing and. What's your like favorite track to race on? Man, I should really love Hagerstown, but Lincoln is Lincoln is my favorite. Lincoln. Now. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I love that place, man. Turns one and two, they're kind of lit yeah. up. And awesome. Three and four, it's kind of yes. sitting down a little bit. But it's bit. awesome. Yeah. It's so much speed. And even Bedford was a weird track. Yeah. You know, kind of going downhill and uphill. Yeah. That was a fun track. Yeah. But, man, there ain't nothing like Lincoln. I wish they ran our cars all the time in Lincoln. Really? Oh, yeah. Wow. I mean, they get a hellacious crowd out there, some nice facilities. The people are amazing, and the people are appreciative, you know? And, yeah. Uh, so I love Lincoln. So hopefully, hopefully – I'm gonna to try to run some of the mid Atlantic modified races wherever they're not chips. Yeah, I'm not in. I don't like the chip chip rule. The chip rule, yeah. Ryan was explaining that yeah. to us last night. Uh, it's just more cost effective. No, there's but, no such thing. But yeah, we all have our own yeah. own opinions on yeah. that. But yeah, I'm not. I don't know anything that has yeah. to, has to go with that. Yeah, so the problem. Though I don't is have anything to add on that. That that's that's that's, a, that's not a bad thing to do if you want to do something like that, but you need to do it in the beginning of the years. Yeah, like when people build motors. Right. You know, you, you're building motors that are turning 84, 8500 RPMs. Yeah. That's what they're built to race. Yeah. 
you know, so you go throwing a chip in there to 80, 76 on you. It's like, why did I spend all this money yeah. for a motor? And you do increase the, the chance of, if you want to rub chip too much, to float the valves. It's true. You know what I mean? It it, uh, it, it happens. I mean, it's it, it damage your motors, you know, but I just, you're not going to, you know, and when I had my conversations with him and he was talking about, you know, with this, I said, but dude, I don't think you understand. If you want to save people money, don't race. Yeah. You're not going to save people money. Yeah. Racers are going to spend it in something else to still try to get faster. You know, and his old big theory was, yeah, but it's going to help the, low, the smaller guy be more competitive and have a chance to win. Look at the races. Well, how, many, how many races of the 25 won? Just about all of them, right? Yep. Yep. So six had, of nine. Right. Six of nine. Yep. So you had, you, that chip rule had done nothing but help the 25. Yeah. You know, everybody else is still running the same spots. So I think it took away from the racing, I think. Okay. You know, I mean, that's just my opinion. I mean, yeah. we all got our opinions. Right. But sure. if you look at now, you got one guy pretty much winning 75% of the races. Yeah. How, how does that help the series? <laughs> yeah. And the guys that were running them back when you didn't have no chip rule are still running them back. Yeah. It's true. So you really didn't do nothing. The cream always rises. Always. I mean, look. You got to work on your stuff, man. Kyle Busch. I mean, you know, you limit horsepower from 750 to 550. You increase the downforce. The arrows as worse as it can get. And he's still passing people. Still. And then complaining about it. Still doing his thing. And then he's right. Right. The guy wins a race and and about how he hates it. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That press conference. I don't know if you saw saw the press conference after. After the race, my good buddy Zach, um, this was the second question in the whole press conference. It's <laughs> not like he was getting asked, package this, package that. My good buddy Zach, who's a great reporter, asked Kyle to rate the package from 1 to 10. Didn't even get done with this question. He was like, so how would you uh, rate the package this week from 1 to 10? And Kyle was like, stop asking me package questions. I'm done answering them. Next. Thank wow. you. In that same exact time. Zach Sterniola, Pocono Record. Uh, two parts. Uh, first, on a scale of 1 to 10, where would you rate the package? Here? Stop asking me package questions. I'm done answering them. Next. And, uh, yeah, I mean, and it got to a point where he was so tense up on stage, uh, Jeff Gluck asked him if he was happy. <laughs> and Kyle and Kyle asked him back why. And then Jeff was like, he just won the race. Like, you should be happy. Like, woo, yay. And Kyle was like, woo, yay. Like, you know, just kind of. Sarcastic. Yeah, being sarcastic. I can't tell whether you're happy or not right now. Huh? Are you happy? Why? (laughs) You just won. You won the race. Yeah, so? (laughs) Does winning make you happy? Like, are are you leaving here like, yes, yay, everything's, everything's great. Yes, yay, okay. Yes, see who he is, right, yeah. And then at Dover, I got the audio from that, too, of him saying it f***ing sucks. Yeah. Straight up, and he was just, ah. Oh, the package sucks. No question about it, it's terrible. But all I can do is about it and uh, fall on deaf ears, and we'll come back here with the same thing in the fall. Dude's passionate, man. I'm telling you something. He's, uh, yeah. But he's he's got a point. I mean, you look at Kyle Larson in a sprint car. That showcases his talent. Oh, yeah. The other night, he put it three wide on top side at Fairbury, past Sweet and James James Jeez. McFadden, who I'm not related to. Right. But uh, passed him on the outside three wide. 
and he won. I think that was his that was his first outlaw win uh, of the season. Might be wrong, but and then he won a second one. Second, two in a row outlaw wins for him. He jumps wow. in a sprint car from his cup car to the sprint right. car. And that's in incredible. In the world of outlaws, yeah. wins back to back. That's incredible. So I mean, he does have a point um, that these cup cars nowadays feel like uh, you know you can't really showcase your yeah. full talent. Uh, you think the truck cars like showcase? All oh, the trucks, yeah, man. They, I mean, a true. I I, I, I ain't gonna lie. When I, when I was in Atlanta in practice. Yeah. They said, Bush is coming. So I, I kind of went up and let him go by me. I said, I'm going to follow him. Okay. Right as I went in turn one, I was like, I shouldn't have followed him. <laughs> why? Because I backed just... it into the wall. <laughs> oh, is that, is that why you backed yeah. it into yeah, the wall? Because you that, tried to follow yeah, him. Yeah, that guy, man. I'm watching his truck, and that thing just moves all over the place. I'm like, this, this guy's incredible. Yeah. I mean, his truck is It's just noticeable old. in oh, the car God, yeah. that he does things that oh, unbelievable. not anybody can do. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> but, but hell, funny. I was right, you know. <laughs> uh, so I backed into the wall. Lucky was able to get it. You know, we beat it all out, worked half the night, and yeah. came in early morning. But got enough to go racing. They they couldn't believe we actually got it. We fixed it that good, you know, to be able to get through templates and all that stuff. But yeah. um, it was, uh, yeah, that was fun, man. I just, man, oh, yeah, I'm going to follow him, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn the line in Atlanta. That didn't go good. <laughs> <laughs> slick track, too, and everything. Yeah, it, it beat the truck to hell, man, with all the, the debris and all that. God. Was it just like your concentration? You just lost nah, just, concentration Just try to follow second. his line at that, at that speed. It just, truck just got away from me. Oh. You know, I went across the seams the wrong way, and it just broke free. Off the two. Uh, yeah, right in one and two. Yeah, two. I have it. I've raced. I love Atlanta. Yeah. On I racing. Love it. But two is real slippery. Oh yeah, you gotta be real, real really sensitive. Yeah, once they step out, man, you you're in trouble. That. You know. Yep, I feel you on that one. Uh, sim racing, but cool. Before you go, who's your hero? I think you already said it a little while ago. Uh, what's what's your highlight? Like your biggest highlight uh, can be like racing or off track. And what's a hardship that has made you into the person you are? today i think you answered all three along the way yeah. but i like to end the show with yeah. with this the highlights of my career well and my highlight in general is you know watching my young my boys you know my, my youngest son's a police officer in panama city mm -hmm. my oldest son's in the um, air force so they got really incredible careers real proud of the men they become you know, I got my little girl now mm -hmm. who's everything. And yeah. she came at the right time in my life because the hardship of my life is when I lost my mom 2013 from cancer. So my daughter came right after that. So she was a blessing. Yeah. Because, you know, it you know took a toll losing my mom, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, yeah man. We was really close. Yeah. Woman was never sick a day in her life and kind of find out she had geosophical cancer. Man. It's like, holy moly. So she made it maybe a year. and So that was uh, – that was probably the, the hardship, but you know, but she's also the woman that molded me into who I am today, and right, you know, and I yeah. always thank her every day for it. I mean, on my race cars, man, you'll see them. I have a big uh, like collage of, of my mom's life, you know, wow. from when she was a kid, baby, wow. all to her, you know, she passed away. Wow, you know, just showing her the respect and all that. That wow, you know, where I'm at in today, between you know, where we live at, you know, owner of businesses, owning a race team, and and and. You know, not everybody's lucky enough to have that. And that's yeah. probably some of the reasons we have there are a lot of problems we have in the country we have because right. you know, they don't have that support group 
that it's everybody very true. Is, you know. So uh, very true. I've been very lucky, man. My brothers, you know, my brother's almost like my hero. Watching him grow up, and I just really wish my brother would have got the true shot at yeah. doing because I'm telling you that boy. I saw he ran in the a lot of talent, man. Series, yeah, like a little brother, bit. A lot of talent, incredible fab guy. I mean, we did everything ourselves because we didn't have the money, right, to pay people, you know, and. You know, he he's got some good opportunities, but never the right opportunity with the good funding, you know. And yeah. That's the only thing I wish that, you know, probably could have happened for him because, you know, he deserved it, man. You know, so I keep trying to get – I keep telling him, you know, because he loves road courses, so I help him uh, yeah. with his Mustang. I keep telling him, look, I'm going to put you in the truck in, in Canada. Oh, man, no, nah, that's – man, I don't want to do that, man. You do it because he's always afraid he want to crash my truck or something. But Come on. I think my brother would do good, man. Yeah. I keep telling him I'm going to put him on the truck, you know. So I'm hoping to be able to do that. That's, that'd be awesome, man. Yeah. That'd be so cool. But no, I mean, my mom tells me from time to time, just like when I mentioned you, that she has fond like memories of your mom yeah. and your dad going over to your house and spending some time with with your family. Yeah, uh, yeah she has fond memories of of yeah. those those times. Um, so your hero is your mom. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. without a doubt. Yeah, wow. Um, I think that's it, right? Yeah, well, I appreciate you having me on, yeah, man. And, uh, yeah, have some fun. Yeah, man. Like I say, hopefully we were, you know, we're hoping to be able to, like I say, the goal would be able to land a nice young driver yeah. with some funding that we could run in our truck a whole year or, you know, 10 races. Yeah. Or hopefully maybe I can get lucky enough and get one of these big Maryland corporations to all, step up and help a local guy, you know? It all hinges on the funding, yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah, you need it. So if Under Armour called you tomorrow said, hey, we want to fund you the whole year, put Stefan in the car. You'd be on the road. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'd order a new hauler and all that. <laughs> that way I could just leave this one here for my dirt car. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Well, I hope that phone call comes one day. Yeah, well, I hope so too, man. man. That'd, but be, yeah, that'd be um, got to put yourself in a position, you know. Right. So I got the equipment Baby now. Baby steps. Yeah, I got the equipment yeah. now. So if the right opportunity comes for, for a sponsor, That's awesome. I think we could be competitive. That's awesome, Ray. Well, thank you so much for the time again. Really appreciate it. Hope you guys enjoyed our conversation out there. And, yeah, I'll, I'll be hopefully seeing you for years to come. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Dirt racing and on the NASCAR yeah, side Yeah, we'll, we'll see you in Kentucky and Pocono. I won't be in Kentucky, but I might be at Pocono. Awesome. I have my funding deals that I need to get. <laughs> I can't get out of the Mid-Atlantic just because I don't have enough yeah. for a plane ticket to travel and – and yeah, so awesome. Well, I appreciate but, everything yeah. you do for the for the local sports. You know, thank you, thank you, Ray. Thank you so much. Yeah, no, it's it's cool. We're all we're both living the dream. So, oh yeah, yeah, cool, awesome, Ray. Thank you, thank you. And there you have it. That was our conversation with NASCAR driver slash owner and dirt modified racer Ray Cicerelli. Hope you guys enjoyed that deep dive interview. Uh, I sure enjoyed it, and Ray did as well. And before we log off for the evening here, make sure uh, you rate us five stars and leave us a review. Uh, if you enjoy what you hear, if you like what you hear, uh, please rate us five stars and leave us a review. Uh, it will only grow the racing media uh, in the racing world as a whole, and that's why I'm here. Uh, it's not for me. It's for you. And every single review, every single rating helps um, so please go on over, 
Uh, take some time out of your day. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review if, if you like what you hear. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at the Motorsports Dig. Make sure you like Turn Five Turnaround on Facebook and follow Turn Five Turnaround on Twitter. And I haven't said this uh, in the in my previous six episodes, but you can follow me on Twitter at Kyle R McFadden. Uh, that is my racing Twitter, and then my personal Twitter uh, is K underscore F-A-D-D. You, you can follow me on Instagram at Kyle underscore McBuckets. And I also want to give a quick shout-out to Worldwide Sprint Car Fans, a Facebook group that allows us to post our podcast on. Uh, so you great race fans out there, you Sprint Car fans and race fans in, in general can listen to this podcast. That's all that I have here today. And remember to just keep digging.